pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. Four o'clock on a Friday, it is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagel, I'm Jason Minix. As Joe wraps up the first week of radio only, after you retired from TV, you just literally sat there and go, four o'clock already? We're on? Yeah, we're you, on. You hear the music and we're, and we're on? <laughs> it's like getting that routine down. Didn't know if I was ready to go or not. I had everything laid out here, ready. The camera's on, the computer's over here. And then I hear the music going. You know, it's, like, it, it, it's interesting because what we didn't hear today, which, awful analogy, but why not? So you're used to 25 years in television of... When you hear Bill Taylor start yapping, you know you're up next. Right. Typically speaking, especially the last week and a half or two weeks, we're hearing the Jerry Springer show on Paul with some yelling and screaming, going back and forth and all that kind of stuff. And, and we know, okay, we're up next, right? That's That's been our and, – and he didn't have that today. So I think that's why it didn't feel like a show was winding down the way it typically does with a lot of – Weird ass people screaming at each other on the phone. Yeah, it is. It, Jerry Springer is a great way to, to, to describe that show that's on before us. So, um, the great Paul Feinbaum. Feinbaum, that's him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, no, but you're right. I mean, you get into a routine, and at ten o'clock, I mean, I kind of look at the clock. You know where and when it's time to start to head to the studio. We were in the studio because I, I saw the clock. It was like 3.45. I said, well, I better go in and get everything set up. But I'm sitting here, I guess, just kind of You're not ready. The, the show starts at 4 o'clock every I'm day. I'm clearly ready. You're I was ready, sitting here ready, ready to go. Yeah. But I heard the music, and I'm like, oh, damn. It's time. It's 4 o'clock. It's 4 o'clock. It's Friday, too, and I'm happy about it. Maybe that's why I'm daydreaming because this is the first Friday night that I will have off in Sometime. Except when you're using a vacation day, but that's right. it. Seven o'clock, we're out of here, and uh, you know, dinner plans, go out drinking, go out, find something that you'll be able to go do. Exactly right, and I can't wait. Uh, and, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be nice. Went back to the station today because I neglected to clean out my desk. <sighs> of course you did. So I had to call the news director, Jack Acosta, who's, who's a great guy. And I said, hey, Jack, I really kind of neglected to do that. And he said, well, come on by. But what was the weirdest thing about it is that when I got there, I had to text Jack, I'm here. And then you're like a visitor going through a place that your I called home for, for 25 years. They already turned off your key card? 
key cards gone, emails gone, everything's out. So, and that's cool. I mean, so you know, did you go to the back parking lot? I did not. Couldn't get back there. I was going to say, I, you know, it's funny because like when we go over there, like I worked at Ken's many, many moons ago. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where, like, if we're doing our fantasy football draft, which we did a number of years up on the second floor conference yeah. room, or we weren't supposed to do that, but we did. <laughs> going to, <laughs> to, they don't allow beer up there. Going no. to the Great Day SA, uh, you know, doing an appearance there. I know my way around the building, but the security won't let you through. Like, I know where I'm going. I got to no. wait for somebody to escort you through the building. Now, I was fortunate, though, you know. You still know people. I still know people, and 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 look, Jack is cool. He is really your is. Picture great. still on the wall. The picture's still on the wall. Wow. Yeah, it is. So I don't know. If somebody <laughs> said they're going to leave it there. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know until but, until they hire your replacement. <laughs> maybe so, and then they got to make room. But there's a special case. You know that it probably will go in in the front lobby and just with a light on it. And you're you know, not Dan Cook. Well, no, I'm not Dan Cook, but. <laughs> Does he have a photo in the lobby he, with the light on he, it? He does not. Then you don't get one either. I might get one. You You're not going to get one. You never know. One. I, I, you, I might. Maybe I'm above the urinal with a light <laughs> to help aim. I think I've That's already, about I, it. I think above the urinal, I'm, I'm already there somewhere. Or in the urinal, maybe. Uh, yeah. That's where my picture yeah. is. <laughs> one of those urinal cakes. <laughs> right. It's got Joe's face on it right there. See if you can mess up Joe's hair. Hit him right in the nose. <laughs> But it was cool going back there, and uh, but just kind of weird, I, I will admit. And I, I, I gave Bill Taylor a gift because I had to pick up my makeup bag that had my makeup that I won't use anymore. Uh -huh. And in there Maybe are, you should. are makeup remover packets that I used to buy. And they're uh -huh. little packets, and you tear them, and they're just one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had like 10 of those left. So I gave them to Bill Taylor because he can still use them. So you have a wife. I do. You have five daughters. I do. And Bill Taylor got your makeup remover? He did. Okay. Yeah. You Just see? saying. <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking of, I don't know, with Sharon Coe, um, trying to think of people I still know over there at, at, at Channel 5 that could have benefited more than Bill Taylor from makeup remover. I don't know, because you know that was kind of a routine. After the show, we'd go in there and you'd wash your face and... and you know, brush your hair so the hairspray was out of it. And, so, and so, so you and Billy T after the show would go into the men's room and remove makeup together. It wasn't actually a men's room; it's, it's a, a, it's a dressing men's room. dressing room, which is you a know men's what room. I'm talking about. It's a men's about. room with a counter with mirrors. Yeah, uh, but I, I mean, there's a door that separates the makeup room from the bathroom. Yes, so you're it's not. Still the, you're, it's, it's still a men's room. You're not in there with the urinals it's, it's, in the in the toilet. So. It's not. It's a dressing room, sure. for goodness sake. Yeah, we sure. would. And you go and you take off, you know, your uh, your tie and all that stuff, and and leave. That you was that was the routine. Do that at home? No. Why? Who wants that? I don't want to drive home with all that on. All right. No. So it's just more comfortable. The face is already washed, and I can get home. I don't have to worry about it. There you go. I can I can grab a drink or go to bed or whatever I'm doing. Don't wake up with makeup on your pillow. No, that's it's, yours. It's not good for your face. Oh, it's not. No, I have no idea. Not good for your face. Well, in in the future, if you ever decide to start wearing makeup, you'll know. That probably isn't going to happen. But you, you never know. know but my brain is full of useless knowledge <laughs> that I'll never have to use. So I hope Taylor, uh, Bill Taylor appreciates that and. Uh, We'll see.
I texted him and told him, and I haven't gotten a return text. So he doesn't know you gave those to no, him? No, maybe he... Uh, so so somebody could have snagged those because they're just sitting there. You know, maybe he's uh, already lost my number. He's like, eh, you know, that guy's done. Well, there's, there's a... I mean, here's the uh, <laughs> l- little known fact about Joe Reinagle in his phone. He doesn't save a lot of numbers, so when somebody thinks they have his number text him he doesn't respond because he doesn't know who you are because your number's not saved well it's true i mean because i get i don't know about y'all but i get a bunch of these spam mm-hmm. you know things yeah. where your auto warranty or whatever the hell it is and so i don't i just would prefer not to answer that so if i just see the number and, and not your name then I, it probably is going to go to voicemail it, it probably so will. if you know me and just leave a message please so i can get back to you it, or when you send a text sign your name at the end Jason, or, that, or that, whatever. And that would be I mean, good. because yeah. Joe has gotten a ton of phone calls and text messages yeah. since the announcement of his retirement. And just, was it yesterday you get a call from RC and you decline to call because it's from an unknown number? And dude, I RC did. is calling you. I know it. Yeah. I know it. But <sighs> not anymore. I've got the number and it's yeah. saved. So it's good. <laughs> Bill Taylor responded. Uh-huh. I, I think I could say this. He says, ha ha. He says, what will you use when you do drag brunch? Well, I think he has a legitimate question there. I have no idea what he's talking about. You'll borrow one from Bill. I'll just have to borrow I mean, one. From you know, I mean, because you'll be at that lunch together. That's funny. I mean, Taylor, Bill Taylor's probably going to MC that event. You know, Bill Taylor and I have, have. I mean, we started the station the same time, so we've uh, we kind of have grown up together in the TV world, and and so. Yep. We have a weird sense of humor. Yes, you do. Yes, we do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not Speaking at all. of weird senses of humor. Our big, big boss yeah, has a weird sense of humor. Extremely. I'm finding that out. Our company CEO sent an email, company-wide email today. Very rare, very weird. We'll explain coming up at uh, 4.45. <laughs> and one of the ladies that works here, Jasmine. Are you going to call her out by name? Jasmine. Okay. I mean, I won't say any names. Jasmine, Jasmine. Armstrong. <laughs> actually replied to the email sucking up like you've never heard sucking up before i had no idea man she big time this is like and i thought i was good at it she's really good at it she's not as good as she thinks because i had to explain to her (laughs) that that really didn't come from our ceo's email account that's like the assistant she was like no it's not it's like look at the email the actual email is basically, it says HR on yeah. it. It's not going to him. He's never going to see the amount of sucking up she tried to do. But when you hear what he wants us to do, and we'll talk about it coming up at 445, uh, I appreciate the sentiment, but come on. I've heard of dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> There's bad ideas in this world. Well, somebody sat around in a meeting and said, hey, this is a great idea. We should do this. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Some of it, I don't know how you can do it. Well, there's very... uh, Did you open the attachment? I didn't know there was an attachment. There's there's very detailed instructions on how you do this. Okay. But when you first read it, you go, what the hell is this? (laughs) And this is coming from our CEO. So, I mean, you get an email from the... The big boss, you read it. Sure. Right? Yeah. And you're reading it going, is this a joke? 
<laughs> Seriously? So, he should send an email out to everybody. Say, oh, by the way, this morning I got hacked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, there's there's graphics, there's detailed instruction, there's there's uh, it, it's like, who in the hell is going to do this? Well, I, 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 I mean, some people will. Uh, maybe in Portland. Uh, I mean, this Jasmine. Sounds, that, well, Jasmine isn't going to do this. <laughs> She's going to do it because after that email she wrote that the assistant is reading right now, I guarantee they've circled her name. Mm-hmm. They said, you better be on that Zoom She's call. She's on the suck-up list. And you better the be on the Zoom big call time. if you're going to do that. Abs- uh, it all, and, and that's we'll get into it at 445. <laughs> and if you happen to be a boss, CEO, GM, you own the company, and you want to do something nice for your employees, we'll explain why this isn't the answer. I mean, I appreciate the sentiment. Sentiment is great. The sentiment is great. And and our company is great. And our company does a lot for their employees. And I hope after the 445 segment, I'm still an employee. But this is too good not to make fun of. No, this is great. And then the conversation afterward with uh, Jasmine um, was was really entertaining. I mean, I don't know how else to put it because I think we stopped there. Yeah, it was entertaining. I, th- mm-hmm. I think when she realized what she had done, I, I think <laughs> I think at that point it's there. But just so you know, today, according to our boss, I didn't know is National Employee Appreciation Day. Well, that's nice. So I hope wherever you work, your boss has shown you the appreciation you deserve. And a lot of times on an employee appreciation day, maybe they bring in lunch, do donuts, something. But when you hear what our boss is doing for us, again, did you read the email, Edwin? Edwin's looking at me like. I saw it, but I didn't read it. <laughs> Dude. It was too long. Well, <laughs> you, you, have, you have Jasmine here and Edwin here. On the <laughs> so you get an email. From the CEO of a company, regardless of the length of the email, you don't read it? I'll read it later. <laughs> I mean, you're you're responding, Edwin, like it's the email that you might get from the spam where you, you find out you have an uncle who's a prince in some foreign country and he needs money, right? I thought it was just a standard email that goes out to every alpha and media employee, but I guess it's more important than I thought. Oh, it's very important. I like the way Edwin thinks. He doesn't give a damn. I like that. <laughs> Edwin's it's like, a great attitude. CEO doesn't really care about me. Is that what you're thinking? I'm going to blow this email off. It's from the CEO. <laughs> I'm relatively new here, so I guess. Which, which should say, I need to read this entire thing. There might be something important in this. Well, I didn't read the entire thing because I'm fairly new here, and <laughs> I didn't read the entire thing. So Edwin and I are on the same page. I certainly didn't see the attachment. Here's the thing about our CEO, who is a wonderful guy. Okay. And if you get a chance to have beers with him, it's even better. Can't wait. Right? Um, but his emails tend to be long-winded. Okay. Extremely long-winded. But we- He's a radio guy. He t- he's a storyteller. <laughs> but generally speaking, the golden nugget is at the end of the email because that long story has a point. And so to figure out what the point is, you got to read through the whole thing. But after our, this time, after our conversation with Jasmine, I'm not sure it was him who wrote it. Well, he probably or wrote he it. That wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote it. Yeah, I promise you, he wrote okay. it. Okay. I mean, I've seen enough emails from him. This is his writing. 
but he sends it to the assistant to send it out to the masses because he doesn't want his personal email account bombarded with all these suck-up responses <laughs> like those from Jasmine Armstrong. Okay, I get it now. I understand. I'm learning this whole corporate world thing. Yes. So, <laughs> I mean, even you got to the, did you get to the second paragraph, either of you guys? Yes. First sentence. First sentence. Yeah. All right. Because if you get to the second paragraph, I don't know how you stop reading after that. No, I do. And people will understand. Yeah, we'll talk about that coming up at, at 445. Uh, Spurs lose last night. We'll talk about the Spurs and their bad loss last night. Speaking of sucking up, the Spurs did uh, big uh, last night. Coach K's got his final game there at Cameron Indoor coming up this week weekend. We'll talk about that. John Mashoda will join us at 530 We'll get the latest on the Cowboys, and I'll tell you what, Joe Reinig, a lot of news about the Dallas Cowboys on this Football Friday without football, but lots of football news. First, a headline that is being somewhat, I, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm overreacting to it, but one of the traditions that Jerry Jones has at the Combine is towards the end of the week, he brings all the beat writers on his bus. Yep. And it's a free for all. Yeah. It's story time with Uncle Jerry. Yep. Jerry has declined or canceled his media session today. The Cowboys said, the Cowboys PR guy, whoever that might be right now, <laughs> whoever's with them in Indy, it's not rich, um, <laughs> said it was because of a medical issue minor medical issue yeah that's alarming when you've got an owner that's 80 years old well and they, but it could mean anything sure right a minor medical issue it could be a number of different things so hopefully jerry is okay but remember also there's a big uh is it an mma match that's coming up at jerry world here mm -hmm. pretty soon that he was involved in the press conference on wednesday and then uh, the story goes on to say that he's working with Roger Goodell on some other NFL projects. Yeah, NFL business. Now, granted, Roger Goodell is trying to negotiate a new contract. So maybe Jerry's involved with that. I can't believe that he is sidestepping questions about the $2.4 million settlement. I can't believe he would be avoiding questions about the future of Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, or any of that. Because Jerry doesn't hide from that. Although he has spoken one time with uh, one reporter in Dallas who caught him at an event and he answered a question about the settlement involving Dalrymple and the cheerleaders and the whole voyeurism thing. But at some point, Jerry knows he's going to be in front of a microphone and get asked a bunch of questions about that. Yep. Jerry doesn't dodge questions. No. But he did take about a week to talk to the media to do his radio appearance at the end of the season because he was so livid, remember? <laughs> and then for him to pass up this opportunity, and again, it's very unlike Jerry, and if they would have just said he canceled it because he's got business that he's doing with Roger Goodell, the fact that Indianapolis, the contract with the Combine expires at the end of this Combine, and there are three cities in what the running to host it, uh, in the future, Indianapolis, Dallas, and L.A.? Is Jerry negotiating something there? I mean, there's a lot of things you could say that Jerry's skipping media. But when you say medical, 
That's alarming. Yeah, for a 78-year-old guy. It is. is I'm, it, I'm, I think he's 78, 79. 78, 80, whatever, he's up there. Yeah, he, I mean, he's what, there. Whatever, whatever the case is, he's an old man, and rarely does he miss media availability. And I hear medical, I think that's, I mean, it might not be life or death, but give me more details than that. Has he got a cold? Did he get some bad shrimp over at St. Elmo's? They, I, I mean, COVID? I mean, what is it? I, it could be anything. Well, that's just the thing. I mean, when you look and you hear this story and you're looking for it, it there's not a lot out there. I mean, there's really not a lot they out did, there. They didn't just, give him anything. They, they, yeah. So He's got he, a toothache? Yeah, All right, said, cool. So I mean, he, it could be anything. It could be. But when you just say medical, anybody that age, you go, uh-oh. I guess they figure the, they throw in the term minor or the word minor, and uh, that's supposed to uh, be okay with everybody. I think if it was more serious, they would, and, and things would be out there, or, or perhaps it is more serious, and that's why there's not things out there. I don't know, but I'm sure we'll get some uh, details as we go on, not only today, but over the weekend. Yeah, and John Mashoda again will join us at 5.30. Maybe John knows. He is in Indianapolis. We'll get some insight. Of course, you know one of the other big stories, or the big story today involving the Dallas Cowboys, is it certainly feels like... <coughs> The Cowboys <coughs> have decided on Amari Cooper's future, and it's not with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Adam Schefter and a variety of reporters are out there with their scenarios. This is what Adam Schefter said on NFL Live. This is a situation where every team's got to make big decisions, Matt, right? And the Dallas Cowboys are in a situation where they are scheduled to be over the cap for the coming season. They are more than $21 million over the cap. Cutting Cooper uh, would count $6 million against the cap, not $22 million like he's currently scheduled to be charged for right now. He's due $20 million in fully guaranteed money. On the fifth day of the league year, March 20th, Dallas does not intend to pay him that money. So the question is, what do they do with him? Well, the chances are they wind up releasing him. People have suggested he could be traded. Who's going to trade for that contract right. right now? Unlikely, and as I've been told. And so the chances are Dallas will move on from Amari Cooper while wanting to retain players like Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz. And the thing about it is, Jason, is that there are reports right after that that say the Cowboys are nearing a long-term deal with Michael Gallup. So... All of that has to be true, that Amari Cooper is all but gone. Well, you, you look at Amari Cooper, and he's $20 million. It's all guaranteed money. Right. Now, I look at some of the fan outcry, and I'm trying to figure it out. They traded away their first-round pick for Amari Cooper a couple of years ago. Yep. So by getting rid of him at this point, that would be like getting rid of your first-round pick after three years. Okay. Oh, it's been done before. Sure. Taco Charlton. Other teams have moved on from a first-round pick. But it's the guaranteed money that's there and the production. Michael Gallup, injury-plagued year this year, only nine games in. I mean, he only got in nine games because of injuries. Right. Outside of that, he's been pretty durable. He's played 16, 14, and 16 in his other three years. And he is a legit star-wide receiver. That's probably going to get a deal somewhere between ten and twelve million dollars. That's half of what Cooper's getting. You still have Ceedee Lamb 
on a rookie deal. You've got Cedric Wilson, uh, young receiver, won't cost you much. It's going to be a free agent. Noah Brown, uh, Malik Turner, all those guys. Wow, that strikes fear in the hearts of every defensive back in the league. Well, and and again, <laughs> I, I mean, but if you've got a, if you've got a Gallup and you've got a CD Lamb, I'm good. I'm worried about Gallup though. I mean, ACL, you just don't know what kind of recovery. Now, obviously, the Cowboys feel pretty confident if they're negotiating a long-term deal with this guy, but he's not due back, I don't think, until, what, sometime August? late summer. Yeah, yeah, late summer, maybe a little bit of training camp, maybe. I, I I don't know. But but it's not like he's a guy that has missed a gazillion games over his career because of injuries. Last year, had the calf injury in the opener against Tampa Bay, Finally comes back, plays well, and then blows out his knee late, right? And maybe that ends up saving the Cowboys a couple dollars because he's on the open market. The way ACLs are now, though, most guys recover just fine. And he's not the speed guy in the group. He can be, and he was the deep threat when there was the three of them, but CeeDee Lamb is, is the speed guy. Supposedly. Supposedly. So even if Gallup loses... A little bit of a step, quarter of a step. He's not the he's the possession receiver guy, and and that's what he's been good at. Big body in the end zone, go get it. So I and and I look at the production of Amari Cooper, and go okay for the money that you're paying him, is he worth that kind of money? Is he a true number one? Absolutely. Is he one of the best route runners in the league? Absolutely. I'm an Amari Cooper fan, but. When Dalton Schultz and your tight end group are getting the targets, when 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 you look at the receivers that they had and what they were able to do, is he worth that money or do you let him go? And quite frankly, with the salary cap, unless he's willing to take less, you got to go. And that's where I laugh at some of the reports that say, you know, unless they could trade for him, well, who the hell is going to take on his contract? Well, nobody's going to take on his contract, but I guarantee you if the Cowboys release Amari Cooper – Somebody's going to pick him up and will pay him good money mm-hmm. to be a wide receiver for them. So it's to the point where, yes, no teams are going to want to trade for him because of that particular amount of money, but they obviously want to work out their own deal. But Amari Cooper is going to be playing somewhere in the NFL this fall. Uh, it Obviously, he's not going to be for the Dallas Cowboys, but it's going to be for somebody, that's for sure. On our Facebook live feed, and if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, feel free to tune in, watch there, and uh, comment, if you will. Yeah. In fact, at the YouTube page, go there, comment, Absolutely. subscribe. Yes. Uh, Joe Medellin, not happy with this. Oh, if they get rid of Amari, I'm done. Stop, you're not. <laughs> Quit overreacting. They don't throw him the ball, though. They don't. I, I, well, and, and again, is that on Kellen? Is that on on um, Dak? The combination of both? He is the receiver that's getting taken away because he's the best receiver there. Defenses are going to take him away. I think it, it, it you know, and everybody wants to look at the, the little shiny toys out there and say, this is what we need. Sign him. We need a wide receiver. Do this, do that. I'm telling you, Dak didn't have time for Amari Cooper to get open deep. Sure. He didn't have time. And until you do something about that, offensive line you can bring jerry rice in his prime okay or or michael irvin back in his prime and you're not going to be successful you know you can't blame everything on amari cooper and why the cowboys would want to take a chance unless just to save money and obviously that's what a lot of this is all about 
why you would want to get rid of Amari Cooper. Why not sit him down and say, look, we want to sign you to another long-term deal. Let's work this thing out and get it done. He is still a quality wide receiver. He's better than Michael Gallup. Yep. And he's better than anybody else you're going to get out there. So why not work out a deal with Amari Cooper to get rid of this $20 million, get a new contract done, and move on? If you're Amari Cooper, would you take less? I mean, part of the problem that the Cowboys have, and as I say this, think about it. I know it sounds dumb. They've got so many weapons and one football. And and Amari Cooper, at the end of the year, was bitching about targets. Why was he bitching he about targets? Because he's not dumb. In the football business world, was his production worthy of $20 million? And the answer is no. Now, also keep in mind, Jerry Jones has been very adamant about his players being vaccinated. Amari Cooper is not. Amari Cooper missed two games because he caught COVID and was unvaccinated. And quite frankly, down the stretch run of the season, he wasn't the same player. Now, was that COVID-related side effects of of COVID and conditioning or lack of targets? Because the whole offense kind of fell apart, too. So who knows? But I do know that Jerry wants all his players vaccinated, was pretty adamant that he wants all his players vaccinated, and Cooper isn't. And he missed two games because of it. Well, I don't know how much that factors in, but when you look moving forward, I'm giving you $20 million, and you exposed yourself to missing games because you didn't get a, a vaccine. Maybe that's it. And may, So you're basically saying Jerry Jones is pissed off because he missed two games last season, and that's he's going to let that affect his decisions moving forward. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I, I, that's the case. I, I mean, you you... I'm not saying that's the only reason, but when you're factoring in a guy, and here's a guy who, and by all accounts, vaccinate, unvaccinated, knows the risk in the timeline, you catch it, you, you test positive, you're going to miss two games. Now, with the new protocols, maybe not, but I, I, think it, I think that factors in. It's real. I mean, who knows? But at the same time, $20 million for the production you're getting. Let's go back to the Spurs deal. Uh, remember Richard Jefferson? <laughs> yes. Everybody hates Richard Jefferson around here, right? He was a good player, just not for the money he was making. He was not a good player. He was. He was. He, he was. He was not a good player for what the Spurs, for what we all figured, what we all deemed his value. He his production did not match the paycheck, and that's how. That's why the highest-paid players get all the criticism when they start to drop off. They do. There's a difference, though, in Richard Jefferson and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper can't throw the football to himself. He can't do it. So he's got to rely on Dak Prescott to do that. Yep. And Dak Prescott didn't have any time to throw the football to Amari Cooper or C.D. Lamb or anybody other than Cedric Wilson and Dalton Schultz. They were the only ones. Until you do something about that offensive line, again, doesn't matter who you bring in there to put uh, be a wide receiver, you ain't going to get them the football. So Michael Gallup's going to be in the same boat this year, as is C.D. Lamb once again. So what are you going to do with C.D. Lamb? He was Jerry's you know, toy. Absolutely. Right? So if what, what happens if he falters again? Are you going to say goodbye to him too? I mean, it just it comes to a point where you want the best players. We talked about the draft, drafting the best player that's available. Yep. Okay. If Amari Cooper was on the board, would you draft him? If you drafted Amari Cooper right now and you're the Dallas Cowboys, 
fans would go nuts. We don't need another wide receiver. We need offensive linemen. But he was essentially our first-round pick a couple of years ago because we traded that away. I want Amari Cooper to stay with this team. I'm a Amari Cooper fan. The business side of football, I understand what the Cowboys are trying to do here because you're you're trying to figure out how much production are we really losing by letting Amari walk in $20 million. It's if we've got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Cedric Wilson, or maybe they're able to get up uh, uh, somebody in free agency or somebody else out there that can come in, but how much production overall total receiving yards and catches are you really losing for half the money? Well, if you've got the offensive line that Dak's throwing behind, you're not losing anything. So you could probably go out and get a couple of these guys from the USFL and throw them in there, and they'd, they'd be great, and you pay them you know, a ham sandwich and some fries, and you'd be okay. You get fries, too? Yeah, absolutely. Here, here, here's what I hear, Jason. What's the sound of a window? closing on the Dallas Cowboys. Their chance was this past season, and that window's closing big time. That team's got so many free agents to deal with. Washington, the Giants, and Philadelphia, let's just suffice it to say, they won't go through the NFC East undefeated this year. We'll we'll see what those other teams end up doing with their quarterback for sure. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. This is the Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagle on Twitter at Joe 210 Tweet at me at Jason Minix. Yesterday on the show, Joe Reinagle said, guarantee it, Spurs are going to win by six and a half. <laughs> Easy money in the bank. Wow. Good Lord. What That's the hell happened? Why I don't gamble anymore. Except for when you do. <laughs> Except for when I do, and I lose, and I remember why I don't gamble anymore. Dude, it's part of it, but that's why I don't bet on the Spurs. I don't trust this basketball team. Right. I never know what to expect. It could be a cupcake, a very winnable game, although very unscientific study. <laughs> See, the Sacramento Kings lost the night before that Yeah. in New Orleans. And typically speaking, you finish up a game, 11 o'clock, whatever, you go to the airport, and you fly in the middle of the night, check into your hotel room, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and it just it just messes with you. That's why, you know, a team that played the night before and had to travel, they always seem a little sluggish, right? Yeah. Well, their team playing was broke in New Orleans, so they had to spend a night in New Orleans. Then they got up and flew day of game, which they typically don't like to do. Right. Sacramento looked like the fresher team. Why? Because they had a good night's sleep. They did, and that what is that, an hour and a half flight? It's yeah, not like it's a long flight, but but that's the issue, and that should be a concern for every Spurs fan. Why in the world would Sacramento look like the fresher team? Spurs had two days off. Mm-hmm. They're at home. Shouldn't they be supercharged, ready to play, fired up? To play in front of the home folks you haven't seen since the beginning of February. Well, did you watch the game? Ain't nobody there. Well, that's true too. <laughs> I mean, but and, and not only that, it was Military Appreciation Night. 
They had a big deal for Ukraine before the tip-off. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many things that could have gotten this team fired up, and they come out like it's they're just going through the motions. The announced attendance was 13,049 people. Wow. And I don't even know if it was that many. It, it, did, it did not look good. And then you had Bill and Sean talking about the first game back after a long road trip is like the extension of the road trip. And I don't know if I if I buy that. The the Spurs, you know, they gave up thirty in the first quarter, they gave up thirty-four in the second. I mean, they were getting their ass kicked. To their credit, at one point they got the game tied up. But they spent so much energy tying the game up, they really didn't have anything left to, to close the thing out. And then some dumb mistakes after, and I tell you, after, Pop, not happy. This was the entirety of Greg Popovich's post-game press conference. Uh, best thing about this team is that they don't give in. Uh, you know, they were down at half and uh, got down even more at the beginning of the first three, four, five minutes, whatever it was in the third quarter. They didn't give in. They got back in it. Uh, that's the good side. But the bad side is you, you can't win an NBA game playing 22 minutes uh, physically and hard and fundamentally, and we didn't do that. Uh, we played about a quarter and a half tonight. And that's disappointing. So, uh, you know, we, we have to take responsibility for that and be more mentally ready to go. Uh, and we can't play soft for half the game. That's the bottom line. There's really nothing else to, to say. And he walks out. Well, Pop does that quite often. Yep. I mean, he does it when he's not happy with his team. And, and why would you be happy with him? You know, I, I've heard a lot of people trying to blame this on Pop that he didn't have the team ready. And again, I'm going to go back to my stock answer. Are these guys getting a check? Yeah. Are they they're getting paid? They're getting paid very well, I believe. It's not a high school football team or basketball team that you have to fire up in the locker room. These guys should come ready to play each and every night because they've got a big bank account. If nothing else, they need to come ready to play. It's not Greg Popovich's responsibility to fire these guys up. I look at last night, and DeJounte down the end trying to split the entire defense loses the ball and really all hopes. He played all right last night. Lonnie Walker was sensational last night. Offensively. Keldon Johnson? Dude, he sucked, and Pop only let him play 15 minutes because he sucked. Uh, He's a kid, Jason. Keldon is not a kid. He's a kid. Devin Vassell's a kid. He's a baby. Joshua Primo is a kid. Devin Vassell is as old as Keldon Johnson. Yeah, but Keldon, he's got a gold medal and everything. <laughs> I, I mean, I just expect so much from Keldon Johnson, and last night he was awful. Devin Vassell wasn't bad last night. No, and, and again, though, you look at a Sacramento team that comes in and shoots 46% from the field, uh, 31% from three. I mean, I mean, the Spurs are actually better from three-point range, but I look at DeJounte Murray, uh, 12 of 22 finishes with 29 points, but five turnovers. And again, you look at all of a sudden, you know, the Aaron Fox comes in and says, all right, man, I'm going against an all-star. I- I'm bringing it. And, and, you know, these young point guard battles are fun to watch, but DeJounte has got to step up his game when he knows those, those targets are coming. I mean, the Aaron Fox was incredible last night, finishing with 26 points. You know, you look James Rippey on our YouTube channel, Says problem with the Spurs, they're not talented enough. And and that's part of it. I mean, they're growing, they're learning. It's one of those weird scenarios where, you know, I want them to win. 
they should have beaten Sacramento. There's very few teams that they're ahead of in the standings. Right. So you got to get those wins. You have to win that one. They, they didn't get that win, and they were <clears throat> they looked ugly doing it. Although, you, do you celebrate the fact that this team was able to make some runs and tie the game no. up? No. You don't celebrate that. There's Dude. no moral victories, especially this time of year. I'm not talking about a moral victory. I'm talking about silver and black linings. Look for the good no. because they're not a good basketball team. No, you don't celebrate that. It's great that they came back. That's fine, but they no shouldn't quit. have been down by 19 points to begin with. But they to were, this team. and they battled back. The problem with this team, as I see it, and we talked about this yesterday, they, they don't play defense. They can't stop anybody. And I don't care how good, you know, <laughs> and everybody's crowning Lonnie Walker as the next coming of George Gervin. Or, no, wait or, a minute. Wait no, a minute. everybody. I, I, everybody, I hear now. Every, everybody is not Michael Jimenez. Michael La- Jimenez does not represent everybody. Lonnie Walker, he's going to get a huge deal. He's made so much money. If he keeps playing this way, he's going to make so much more money in the offseason. Yeah. I, I just look. Lonnie Walker, we, we've talked about this too. He's got... He's talented. Mm-hmm. He's got all the, the tools. But Lonnie Walker, in between the years sometimes, worries me. So that's a concern. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And everybody thinks Derek White was the guy holding this team back. Boy, if Derek White, if he hadn't been here all year, the Spurs would be NBA champs right now. Spurs Twitter and Spurs fans sometimes drive me insane. Uh-huh. They really do. This is a talented club. They get you every time. They're a talented club. They're young. They're young. They're young. Mm -hmm. You've got to be patient with this team. Some days they're going to look fantastic. Other days they're going to look terrible. That's just the way it is. You've got to let the process play out and go from there. I still believe this team has the potential to get in that play-in game, although last night certainly didn't do them any favors. But. Let the process play out. And don't crown people as the next coming of so-and-so when they have six good ball games. It's the microwave society. It's it's what are we seeing now? And when you're negotiating his contract, they'll look at the totality. Is he making money? Sure. Uh, Will it be here? We'll see. We'll see. That's the bottom line. The good news with a loss? Lottery. Bad news with a loss? (laughs) No play-in. It's a win-win. Just yeah, enjoy perhaps. the ride. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not cheering for losses, but I and I was angry for a little bit last night. Just the way I I couldn't believe they lost that game. I was pissed, but you get over it pretty quick because again, what does it really hurt? I'm I'm okay with them losing the game. Mm-hmm. What I'm not okay with is the way they start the game. Yeah, and and play the way they do. So. It, that baffles me. A young team that's inconsistent. Baffles Damn. me. Come ready to play or give your check back. You're not going to give the check back, but they're young and they're inconsistent. That's what they are. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Our CEO sent us all a company-wide email today as a part of Employee Appreciation Day, because apparently today is National Employee Appreciation Day. If your boss did something good for you, let us know what your boss did for you on this National Employee Appreciation Day. Tweet us at JoeRyanagle210. Tweet at me at Jason Menix, because you will can't wait to hear what our boss is doing for us on what? National Appreciation Day. 
Hey guys, it's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Raise your hand if you knew today was National Employee Appreciation Day. Nobody. I hope everybody feels appreciated. We appreciate today. you. I feel appreciated. Our company is a great company. It is. And our company does a lot of great things. This one, though, I'm not so sure about. <laughs> the idea is there. Yeah. And again, if your boss did something for you today, your company did something, tell us what they did, because we're jealous. Uh, <laughs> at Joe Reinagel 2101 Twitter, tweet at me, at Jason Minix. Or you could dial up the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines, 210-656-ESPN. So early this morning, <coughs> and, and our, our corporate headquarters are on the West Coast, Portland. Yeah. So when you get an email from the boss at 7.36 a.m., you're like, well, he's either up early or it was scheduled, right? Right. But also, I've worked here long enough that I know that when our CEO sends you an email, he's got two different ones that come in. And you could tell the ones that, like, if he's emailing you directly, that's mm -hmm. a different email than this one, which is kind of like... For everybody. Is, yeah, this is, you know, because he doesn't want yeah. all the responses, all the people sucking up like our Jasmine Armstrong did. <laughs> yeah, Jasmine. She responded. She did. Oh, and she, and she was telling us about it. Did not realize that she was, like... Responding to the blind email box that nobody checks. But that's that's beside the point. Not necessarily, but we'll get to that later. Maybe. <laughs> so in this email that talks about how great the company is doing and we're up in this area and revenue and all this kind of stuff. I mean, we're kicking ass, kicked ass. I mean, everything's good, right? Right. And things are good with yeah. our company. I mean, look at all the growth we've had here on our station. Adding Ryan Eagle, adding Rudy, adding Jimenez. Going to the bigger stick on 103.3. All of that, yeah. you know, is, is, is we're, we're doing well. Yeah. Right? Pat ourselves on the back. We're kicking ass. <laughs> so as a thank you and as appreciation, because our bosses, our, our company does appreciate us, we have all been invited, as I read the email, to join as many as you can of six hour-long activities for your relaxation and enjoyment. They're going to hold yoga and meditation, <laughs> massages, and fitness dance Zumba sessions. Sounds good. Virtually. That doesn't. <laughs> Wait a minute. How in the hell are you going to get a massage virtually was my first thought. I was thinking maybe we were all getting a gift card to... Massage Heights or something like that. Or right. they were going to bring in some of those chair massage type places. I, I don't know. Well, then they send uh, instructions. <laughs> Check your calendars. They're already populated on our, on our company calendars, on our person, right? Virtual massage led by Rachel Richards, massage therapist. The times are on there. Then it says... Soothe your body and make your workspace safe. For best results, you'll be massaging your face and scalp. So no makeup or constricting hair accessories. Wear a t-shirt or something light that will allow easy access and mobility. <laughs> <laughs> Dim the lights. 
because you're massaging yourself virtually with a lady telling you how to do it. Now, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same appeal <laughs> to massage myself, whether that's on the head or the face or anywhere else. I mean, that well, that doesn't... Uh, I, I mean, that's something you generally do in private. You no, don't do that virtually. I don't actually massage my face and hair in private. I, I well, exactly. I mean, and, I, you and, know, and, wash and, it. I guess that's a uh, massage. But, but imagine your your you're sitting at your desk right now. We have an office, but imagine right. you know the cubicle area. Yeah, people are out there massaging themselves, <laughs> and this is all HR approved. Wow! Imagine a guy like grumpy ass Greg Shelton. No, I don't want to imagine that. I really don't want to imagine that at all. Um, and so they might be making noises too, <laughs> well, right? I mean, somebody if they're if they're enjoying if, if it, you're might relaxing. Be, ah, this feels so good. Yoga and meditation. Again, we work at a radio station. Find a quiet space where you can relax and stretch without physical obstacles. <laughs> Unreal. Really? Where, and, and again, on Zoom, so bring your laptop. Yeah, where are you going to do your, that? Bring your iPad. Huh. Fitness, dance, and Zumba. I don't even know where to begin. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. Not sure. And my guess is the company is paying these people to lead these classes. <laughs> and I can only imagine our local market manager participating in these. <laughs> <laughs> well, he needs to lead the way. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Could you imagine our local market manager leading the way for massaging yourself in the workplace? <laughs> I I would love to have been in the meeting or heard the seen his reaction when in the manager's meeting they said, you know what we're gonna do for our people? Virtual massage. Virtual <laughs> I, that just doesn't have a good ring to it. It really doesn't. Maybe the other stuff you can get away with. I okay, I, I get this. I, I can't imagine meditation, but the massage or, quite frankly, Zumba. All of it virtually. Yeah. I don't know, Jason. You didn't tell me about this when I came to work here. I told you, man, our company does a lot of great <laughs> things for us. This isn't one of them. Who in their right mind? Now, again, they're based in Portland. Things are weird in Portland. Yeah. Maybe this goes over well in Peoria. I'm trying to think what other cities we have. Saginaw, Michigan, Detroit. I, 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 I'm trying to figure out where some market is going. All right, virtual massage. Can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. Huh. All I know is if you uh, sign up for one of these, just let me know. I'll leave the office. I'll give you your privacy. Well, I think I might. I don't know if there's enough room in that office. You know what? Greg Shelton has a big office. Well, You, I you just, and Greg Shelton can go do this I together. just figure I can just get right here in the hallway. There's plenty of room to stretch out right here. It says quiet place. Well, that's quiet. It's a noisy hallway. Not that day. And it's on Zoom, so you're on video. Everybody would be doing it with me. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. <laughs> I just, how does that get by HR? I have no idea. 
But it did. I well, when it comes from the boss, you know. I feel appreciated. I guess they're okay. And then Jasmine Armstrong in our office. Oh, my gosh. Sends an email talking about what a great idea this is. She was very excited Thank you, about sir. it. sir. Yeah. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and she's in our office pitching. There ain't no way in hell I'm doing that. What were they thinking? But, Mr. Boss Man, I love you. Thank you. This is so good. And I was like, you realize he doesn't get those emails. <laughs> what? <laughs> You broke her heart. I want you Dude, to know that. It was pathetic. You broke her heart. It was pathetic. <laughs> it was, but you still broke her heart. Hard to embarrass Jasmine, <laughs> but I think she was embarrassed. I think today. so, too. If you know Jasmine and you see her, congratulate her. Yeah. On him trying to win Wanting employee to of the month. Wanting to suck up of the award of the month. Absolutely. And the month just started. So many jokes. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Coming up, Coach K will coach his last game at Cameron Indoor. We'll get into that. John Mashota from The Athletic will join us at 5.30 to uh, talk about the latest on the Dallas Cowboys. If Live. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Woo! Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. He's Joe Reinagle, I'm Jason Minix. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. On this National Employee Appreciation Day. I feel appreciated. Sort of. I mean, I, I, I always do at work. We work for a great company. This, what they're doing for us is a little odd. I, I got a text from a friend of mine that runs basically, I forget what his official title, this transportation department over with one of the school districts. I don't know if I'm allowed to say uh, N-E-I-S-D. But <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> <laughs> you got that, did you? Yeah. Uh, Bill Harrison's a great dude, been a great friend for a long time. He said, happy to feed 380 hardworking employees today. Breakfast tacos this morning, pizza at lunch, ice cream this afternoon. It's all about the appreciation. So, man, that is awesome. So no virtual massages? Said, no, that's against school district policy, <laughs> which is true. And by the way, if you're looking for a job, they need school bus drivers at NEISD and seemingly every school district in the world right now. Yeah, absolutely. If you're looking for something to extra money, need a job, go drive a school bus. They need you. The students need you. They need you. And they appreciate you. I just wonder, you know, I've always wondered about that. I mean, you've, you've got to be a patient person to drive a school bus. Yes. Maybe. Well, I, I mean, typically speaking... I think with school bus drivers, a lot of them are retired. Sure. So they've had a career. They're patient. You know, they can work the split shifts in there. Although, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in there. I always thought it'd be a nice job when it's all said and done. You know, because it pays well. Does know? it really? Yeah. And, oh. and you know, they train you. We were supposed to do a deal, but COVID canceled it. I was really looking forward to it. But we were going to do a deal where they were doing, you know, a drive and apply campaign. Oh, yeah? And, and you get, a, get to go out there and drive the school buses. I want nice. to go do that one time. I'd like to just, do that. Just to be able to go drive school buses. I'd like to do that. I mean, you never know. I mean, this radio, radio thing, thing doesn't, doesn't work out. out. I can be a bus driver. Absolutely. I mean, that would, that would be better, I think, than being a greeter at Walmart. True. I mean, I don't know, but it sounds like it would be. 
You talk about patience. You know what I want to be when I grow up is one of those golf marshals you know, that are all <laughs> retired and they ride around the little uh -huh. golf cart and say, okay, you're next. They don't really ride around. They just sit a whole one. Well, they do, but they're sitting in a golf cart. But you'll see them riding around after everybody's teed off. But and they're, they're, not, they're not drinking beer. Well, you know, how do you know? They might be drinking something else. Well, it's true, but I know you. Yeah, I would have to have something. You would. A little flask. Absolutely. Not yeah. unless you're driving school buses. No, no, that, no I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't different. do that. Yeah. In all seriousness. And I see James Pledger is still here. Yeah. I have no idea why James Pledger is still in the building at 507. But he celebrated Employee Appreciation Day in a very horrific way. <laughs> see, you know, we got it. We woke up with a bad idea from the boss with these virtual massages. Right. Where you have to massage yourself yeah. on Zoom. Again, I don't know that they thought this one through. Well, James Pledger had a great idea today that he didn't quite think through. And I don't know if it, this had to have been James Pledger's idea. I'm sure it was. Michael Jimenez, Edwin Hafner, as they were getting ready for halftime, talking about hand sizes. So it started with they were measuring each other's hands. Wow. Not sure why. Is that okay with HR? Probably not, but Jimenez's wife is out of town for the weekend and pledged <laughs> single, so whatever, right? So <laughs> then then they decide because the combine is going on, Joe. What do you think? So they're they're measuring hand size for whatever reason. Okay. Well that's a big thing at the combine these days. But it's not really at a radio station. No, it's not. Doesn't matter what size your hands are then, at a radio station. Then they decided they wanted to go run forties. Mm -hmm. So literally with the tape measure, they figured out how many parking spaces it would take for a, a legit 40-yard dash. By the way, the answer is 16. Oh, wow. At least here in the Alpha Media parking lot. Whoever okay. striped our parking lot did a very precise job in measuring out the... So it was. So they counted it off. They got it all set. Jimenez is in jeans, mm -hmm. but James Pledger is dressed like he's about to... You know, participate in a Olivia Newton-John Let's Get Physical <laughs> video shoot. Is that he, what that is? He's got his gym shorts on with tights and a hoodie. He is he is ready to go, trying to look like Mr. Athlete. He is dressed like he's at the Combine. So he's ready to go, James Pledger. Michael Jimenez runs his 40. I forget what his time was, but, you know, a couple minutes, he got it done. Edwin ran his 40, smoked him, right? They're both in jeans. Yeah. So here comes James Pledger, and he's getting up to the starting line, this fake starting line, and gets down like he's in the blocks, and he takes off, and, he, and he's running. He's coming down, and, I mean, it's total Forrest Gump, right? He's, and he finally gets to the end. Then you realize, to put on social media, the video length has to be relatively short, so he needed a second take. So Jimenez who ran like eight minutes prior, is trying to play-by-play. He had about play an eight-minute 40, I he's, think. Jimenez is trying to do the play-by-play, the play, and he's still out of breath. Edwin <laughs> is videoing, and here's Pledger. I want take two because I can do a better time. Damn it, I don't like my time. He's, you know. So Pledge gets down, starting, go. And he's running as fast as he can, and then he just eats it in the parking lot. Trips himself. And it's not like he was running so fast he outran himself. He just fell in the parking lot. He did. He fell in the parking lot. Then the excuses start. 
Well, I did leg day this morning. Not a good idea after leg day. Dude, you're working mornings now. You can't get up early, work out, and then come to work. That's stupid. But whatever. It was leg day. then, And I didn't stretch. That second run, I, I could feel my hammy was about to go, so I decided to eat it instead of blow out a hammy. <laughs> That's not Shut what I up. saw. <laughs> That's not what I saw. I saw two feet trip each other. Yep. That's what happened. So uh, the bottom line is, and, and I didn't get to see Edwin, and I look at Edwin, and I think he's fine. He looks like a like a like an athlete. But I look at Pledge and Jimenez, an athlete is not the first thing that comes to my mind. Pledge wants to be. It's not the first thing that comes to my mind. Jimenez runs, because we all know, because he can't do anything without putting it on social media, <laughs> five to eight miles a day. Or I don't know. I don't know about that. Do, do has anybody ever checked him? I'm not sure that he runs five or eight miles a day. Maybe it's sometimes. Oh, I just knocked out a five k. Yeah, is three. Whatever, dude. All right. I mean, you, you show up. Uh, you show a picture. You're all sweaty, or you doused yourself with the water hose. I, I I don't know exactly because somebody that runs as much as him, I I want to see better results, right? But at the same time, whatever. He's trying. I need to. I need to start trying. <laughs> Pledge. Wants to be an athlete, portrays himself as an athlete. But when you go watch his his combine tape, and you can see the video that we're talking about, and watch him just eat it. You got to wait for it. <laughs> just eat the asphalt in the parking lot. It's on the social medias. Uh, I know it's on our Instagram at SA Sports Star. Did he put it on the uh, SA Sports Star Twitter as well? I think so. All right. And I've shared it on mine, my Instagram, and all that kind of stuff. You got to I'll share it on mine go, too. Go watch it because I even say, "Wait for it." Not an athlete. He tore his tights. Well, that's it. <laughs> so finally, James Pledger has a good reason to wear tights, according to James Pledger. Because now I didn't check his skin. He did not put another cut on his forehead, so we didn't have to worry about another head injury. His hands are okay, although when you see him fall, you're, you're surprised at yeah. that. But the side of him looks like he's going to have that raspberry, right? I mean, just, ah. Uh. And I don't know how he doesn't have one on his knee, because that's where the tights were torn. You can see the hole. Well, well, the tights on, on uh, both knees and one hip and coming up the side, he has ripped up his tights. I mean, you know, now again, as fathers of daughters, I mean, you see them go out and you come back and, you know, they bitch that their hose of all the... Uh, been destroyed or whatever you call it right that's what his tights now look like but he's like see this is why you wear tights it was that not my skin i'd sure <laughs> it's worth your time to watch this video because you will get a good laugh out of it um yeah i'm really surprised he didn't hurt himself oh he's hurting he's got to be he's just hiding he's it. not going to admit it he's just hiding it even my daughter saw the video. It was like, what did you guys do the pledge? Yeah, and it was Pledge's idea. So pledge did it to himself. Yeah. So poor Pledge. Poor Pledge. Poor Pledge. <laughs> poor Pledge. So if you see Pledge tonight at the Rupub, buy him a shot. Poor guy needs it. Or several. Yeah. Because he needs them. You're exactly right. Of course, he'll be on the Saturday morning hangover tomorrow morning at 9. Hungover. Probably. Of course. But he'll have his workout in. Because if today was leg day, what is tomorrow? Well, I hope he's got some more tights at home because the ones he was wearing today probably won't uh, won't do. Unfortunately, I think he does have more at home. You know, 
I, you ever wear tights? No. <laughs> I don't either. Edwin, you wear tights? Do you own a pair of tights? No. No. I I understand the guys that do when they're playing basketball, when they're doing something athletic. I understand why they do that. I don't understand James Pledger wearing them while he comes to work. Why do you understand that? You know, again, I'm, I guess I'm going to show my age. You know, back in the day. They're not wearing a jockstrap or drawers. They're wearing tights to keep everything in oh, place. Oh, so that's why. Yes. So, but that's got to go all the way down their leg. Sure, a little compression helps with circulation. Again, for highly trained athletes, I understand it. For James Pledger, it's a fashion statement. Yeah, well, I... <laughs> A fashion statement. It's a statement. What kind of statement is he trying to make? Exactly. But it, it's, I mean, love him. Oh, I do too. But Great guy. I don't get, I, I don't get it. He, he's a different cat, that's he, for sure. You know, I'm never going to see Coach K in tights, and I'm okay with that. No. But he's I, got a lot of players that wear them, and he's okay with that. Coach K has adapted through everything. Sure. Over his 40 years at Duke. And tomorrow will be the last home game for Coach K. That's incredible. I mean, because he still looks pretty good. I don't know how old Coach K is. 108. He's got to be up there, though. You, you you look at Coach K. You got to believe he spray paints his hair. I, I mean. Or dyes it, sure. Same thing. Right. Same thing. It's probably the spray paint. I don't know. My dad used to dye his hair. Yeah. He didn't want gray. You? No. No, don't have to. Not yet. No, don't have to. And it's 60 years, you know. I don't have to. Yeah. You know, that's the way it is. <laughs> Get a little gray on the sideburns and uh -huh. makes me look distinguished. Distinguished. Yes. Yes. Yes, it does. It, it is incredible <laughs> when you think about Coach K. I've never been to Cameron Indoor. No. I, I, I never have. If you have, tell call us 656-ESPN, 656-3776. You know, of all the, the bucket list places, sporting events that you would like to go to, Duke UNC at Cameron would be on that list. That would be on your bucket list. Go to Tobacco Road and go to some of those college basketball games. And and, and, and I've never gone. And I always look at the Cameron Crazies and think, what a fun environment. And a couple of the kids that I've known through the years that have gone to Duke, and they'll tell you stories. You go, man, how awesome is that if you're there as a student, right? I mean, you know, you went to Texas State. You went to Southwest Texas State. Yes, I They did. didn't have anything like that. Not even you close. Know, no. no, UTSA doesn't. I mean, Texas, it's it's hard to capture what they have It's very there. unique. You're it, right. It, yeah, it, it's unique. What I didn't realize was what it takes to actually get a ticket, one of those student tickets. You know, you see the stories with the tents and how, they, how they're up there. Well, ESPN has an article today talking at ESPN.com about Tent City, Kayville, uh, all the different names that it has. So for this Duke-North Carolina game, the final game, home game for Coach K, and I appreciate the schedule makers making sure it's Duke-North North Carolina, Carolina, yeah, right? They've been camping out for 32 days so they can get the student tickets for this. Now, mind you, you look right now, and it's all over the news. Tickets for this game 
are Super Bowl level prices. Outrageous. Outrageous tickets. Five grand each to, to get in. Yeah. So to get into the camp, to be able to camp, the process began on January 23rd, four days after you have to take what they call the blue tenting test, which is a one-hour, 14-page exam covering every facet of Duke basketball from the history of the UNC rivalry to the life of Coach K, like who was Coach K's high school coach. A record 175 12-member tent team showed up to take the test. The 70 highest-scoring tents all earned a spot on the lawn, so they were able to camp out. So a total of 840 students. They started camping on January 23rd. Think about that. Now, there's some things in there. If there's more than two inches of snow or it's below 25, they make everybody go back to their dorms or their apartments. Outside of that, your tent team has to man the tent 24 hours a day, and they constantly check it. And if you don't have the required number of people in your in your team, which overnight you have to have at least two people every night spend the night in the tent, and during the day six people have to be at the tent, and they might check at 4 a.m., they might check at 2 p.m. You never know when they're going to check, but when they check, if you don't have the proper number of people manning your tent, you get kicked out. You get one miss, second miss, you're out, and then one of the other teams gets to take your spot. Would you do that? If I'm a college kid, hell yeah. No. As a college kid? January what? They started the 23rd? You'd live in a tent outside there in the cold, got down in the 20s, snow falling. I mean, are you? I, I guess you're allowed to, to have some beverages and It's, it's and college things. kids. Coach K brings a pizza. They all paint themselves blue. It's a party. You know they're drinking. You know there's other stuff going on. It's college party. Again, as a college kid, go back to when you were 19, 20, 21. Yeah. You know damn well you'd be camping out there. And if you were in a frat or a sorority, they're making you. They probably, yeah. <laughs> they probably I mean, have to make me do it. I don't know if I would do that. I don't know. I mean, is there any sporting event that's worth camping out for, I don't know, 45 days? You're a 60-year-old man. I'm just for saying, you, the answer even is back no. then. Even back then. I don't know. I'm not saying that. There could be something I would camp out for. Dude, Cameron crazies, man. I just think from a college experience, that's badass. In fact, here's a photo. This looks right up Ryan right Eagles Alley. I see a cooler <laughs> and a case of Keystone. That's college, baby. That's it. Keystone. You're exactly right. All right, Edwin, who do we have on the line? Andy. He's been to Cameron Indoor. Andy's been ah. to Cameron Indoor. Andy, you're on the Blitz. What's up, man? Uh, just getting off for spring break this week. No, nice. Good for you. So, so Andy, is it worth it? 45 days camping out? Oh, it's absolutely. I mean, I haven't done it myself. I was not a Duke student, but, you know, I went to a small college. I would have loved to have experienced this type of college life, you know, once in my life. That would have, that would have been great. At that age, who cares if you stink or you're dirty or whatever? I mean, <laughs> well, it's a 30-40 it's, it's day party. I yeah, mean, come on. It, it's not appreciate the phone call. It's not like you're you're not able to rotate in and out. You just always have to have somebody like you're not a military man, but you know, when like in the navy everybody has to stand watch at some point. So right. you take your rotation gotcha. standing watch. That's what this is. And I'm looking at the photos. I see the beer cans. There's a couple that looks like they're making out. 
I'm just saying, if you're a college student, this looks phenomenal. I don't know. And if not I, everybody can do it. Maybe for a week, but like, what, 40 days? 23 days. 23 days. No, yeah. that'd be longer than that. Well, let's see. You start on January 23rd? Let's see if they've got a total. Maybe you're right. Maybe my 23 is January 23rd. Let's, yeah. Let's see. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, 32 days ago. So there you go. 32 yeah. days ago. Yeah. To get in to watch a basketball game. A basketball game. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm shaded a little because, you know, watching basketball games is kind of what I've done for a living my whole life. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, there's a picture of a guy on a laptop doing his uh, Zoom class. Yeah, I mean See, that's the other thing. I don't know that I'd go to my Zoom class. Probably <laughs> wouldn't. But I mean? You'd miss, I don't know what, twenty days of class, and you probably would fail that semester. Yeah, I just, I'm just looking at this, going, this is awesome. If yeah. I were a young kid and at a school like that, there was that kind of school pride, I'd be all in. Well, if you're going to Duke, I mean that that's what you do, right? I mean that's the uh, that's the deal, the basketball team. So, game tomorrow is going to be incredible to watch. I, I like that's going to be musty TV. ESPN's going to make a. Uh, I, I just I just look at that, just the show, and now I kind of want to see the feature they do because apparently they've had cameras at Cameron with the crazies in Tent City. I would have a hard time betting against Duke to win the whole thing, just because of the emotion and all of that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. Let's talk some. Football, John Mashota from The Athletic will join us coming up next. Are you lost on your uh, rundown page? No, I got it right here. Are you sure? All right, yeah. Absolutely. You're just looking at me weird. John Mashota from The Athletic <laughs> joins us coming up. The play is in. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. <laughs> It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Ryan I'm Jason Minix. Lots of news with the Dallas Cowboys up at the Combine. Let's talk about it with the best, John Mashota from The Athletic. John, how's your Friday? It's going well. You know, there's, there's Cowboys kind of news, nothing definitive yet. I would say a little disappointed. My first Combine where Jerry Jones is not going to speak with us so that's disappointing that's usually uh one of the highlights of not really just the combine but it's one of my favorite parts next to probably training camp covering the team you know we go on the bus hang out with jerry for about an hour get to the bottom of things but uh jerry hasn't been out here so uh we got word a few hours ago that uh we weren't going to get a chance to talk to him out here so that in turn to a lot of us that cover the team looking to see if we can get some earlier flights out of here so uh, that's a little disappointing but you know there's still there's still stuff going on cowboys related so yeah no it's, it's been good well the one of the reasons given was because of a medical issue with jerry jones any idea of the seriousness of a medical issue or what we're talking about in reality yeah i don't think it was any type of a serious medical issue and and i wouldn't be surprised if just that message was kind of mixed up on um Maybe it wasn't even anything medical, to be honest with you. That's just what we were told uh, initially about why it was, uh, he wouldn't be meeting with us. But, you know, uh, we got a chance to talk to Stephen Jones real quick, and he said that, you know, his dad's doing great. But he, he did mention earlier in the week and then, and then again today 
um, that uh, Jerry and Roger Goodell had been working on something NFL related, like business side uh, related of, of things like of that sort. So that's why, like, I haven't even seen him out here. Usually, you'll, you know, you see him out at night or something like that. Um, and I've seen just about everybody else, uh, front office coaches, scouts and, and such. And just, I haven't seen him the entire time I've been out here. And so uh, I don't know that he's even been here. We know, John, I guess the big news that, that everybody's reporting on is uh, about Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and what's going to happen with the Cowboys receiving uh, squad there. It sounds like Cooper's out and Michael Gallup's in. What are you hearing? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's that's the way. I mean, it was kind of going down that path for several weeks now. That, that was kind of the word that was coming out. And I, when, when Michael Gallup got hurt, I, I kind of thought that in, in a way it improved the Cowboys' chances of being able to bring them back because if he doesn't get hurt and he gets to free agency, I just think that in a way, almost like what the what they're going to deal with with Dalton Schultz, it just he's almost pricing himself out of the Cowboys' budget. Because but now uh, it looks like you know he had a surgery last month uh, on the ACL and he's not going to be able to do very much in the off-season program. Uh, I, I, he'll probably be on. PUP, the physically unable to perform list during training camp, and, and he might open the season like that. So, you know, who knows? Maybe he misses the first four games of the season as he rehabs and, and, and gets right. And so because of that, he might want to sign a one-year deal uh, so then he can get back to free agency next year after a healthy season. And, and uh, you know, with Amari, uh, it looks like, you know, he's played his last game with the Cowboys. That obviously opens up more opportunities for Gallup and, and C.D. Lamb. And so maybe he has a big season and he makes even more money in free agency. But I will say this from from the time the first time I talked to Michael Gallup when he was drafted until the most recent time, like he genuinely loves like being in Dallas. He loves playing with Dak. He loves being with the Cowboys. So maybe he works out and even maybe it's a two year deal or three year deal and and ends up staying. But they're working on it. Um, there's nothing nothing that's done yet. But yeah, that's the way it looks. It looks like you know Amari Cooper will probably be playing elsewhere and and they're going to try and bring back Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson to go along with Ceedee Lamb, but that's not going to stop them from potentially drafting another receiver as well. Um, so, now yeah, I think this is going to be a pretty big offensive draft for the Cowboys. John Mashota from The Athletic joining us here on the Blitz. Let's dissect Amari Cooper here for, for a bit. If they release him, what would they save? About $16 million on the cap. He's obviously, for production, the $20 million or so guaranteed. You go, okay, are you worth that? But they gave up a number one for him. So, you know, you could look at it and say you gave up a first round pick. So he was your de facto first round pick that year. So you're giving up on him three years in, which, you know, has happened before and we've seen that. Is there any possibility that Amari Cooper redoes his deal and, and stays for less money? I don't think so. And one of the reasons why is because if you're him, I mean, he enjoyed his time in Dallas. I certainly enjoyed it more than his time uh, with the Raiders. Uh, but if you're him, I don't know. I don't think that you hate the idea of, of getting out into free agency. He'll be one of the top most coveted players in free agency. And so I wouldn't blame him for not wanting to take a pay cut or, or redo anything. It's, okay. Uh, we'll part ways and I'll get to pick what team I want to sign with, you know? And so, uh, I can, I can see him being fine with that as well. So, uh, I don't see him taking, uh, a pay cut. Uh, I really don't. I think that they're going to end up, you know, you'll see these reports of trying to work a trade and that, but, you see them in all sports. When when it gets to this point, you know, NBA is really popular too, where it gets close to the trade deadline and things like that, and they talk about how they're going to try and trade the guy, and 99% of the time they end up releasing him because the rest of the league knows you're trying to trade up. They're not going to give up a lot because they're like, we can get this guy in free agency. So I don't see a trade. I would be stunned if they if they traded him somewhere. I think he'll end up 
being released and uh, signing elsewhere, and they're going to use the money that they save on that. But like I said, get go get Gallup re-signed, uh, possibly Cedric Wilson, and then add another receiver in the draft. Well, speaking of receivers, I mean, there's a lot been made about Dalton Schultz and what's going to happen with him. And obviously with the news that has come out, uh, his stock has seems to have risen with the Cowboys. There was talk about a franchise tag for this guy, but I think that's changed a little bit, hasn't it, John? Yeah, and, and to be honest, I wouldn't give him the franchise tag. I mean, he's priced himself out of the Cowboys range because of the way he's played the last two years. And uh, I, I just... I, I, the money that he's going to make on the open market is just money that they can't give him. And, uh, I mean, I guess franchise tagging him wouldn't be the, the worst idea. Um, but that's still a lot of money, uh, to be giving to, you know, your tight end when you still have all these other players that you have to pay. And he's hitting free agency at a good time where they're just the tight end market isn't great out there. So I really think how they address that is, you know, they'll probably sign a low tier, like one year deal type free agent tight end to try and get, you know, a bargain there. And then I, I would be stunned if they didn't draft a tight end. I think they have to draft one, probably not in the first round. I don't know that there's a first-round tight end in this draft, but in the second or third round, I can definitely see them drafting a tight end because you're, you're going to be without Schultz. You're going to be without Blake Jarwin. Um, this, this, I mean, that's just the way it is at that position. And, and in a way, I think it's going to lead them to be in more two-back sets. And for a lot of those Tony Pollard fans out there, you're going to get what you want. I, I just see they're going to utilize Tony Pollard more. Uh, in receiver roles and things like that, you're going to have to adjust the offense. You don't have the same offense that you had last year. And, and frankly, for anyone that you know wants to talk about how great the offense was and how skilled it was, it certainly was. But then also look where it got you. So you, while you sit there and you want to run it back with the same team, you can also understand why they might be trying to trim some things and go in a different direction. Of course, John, it all starts up front uh, with the offensive line. How how does Jerry, Steven, Will McClay in the group address the offensive line situation? Yeah, that's an interesting one because, you know, for so long, you could always count on, you know, Tyron Smith, and then you had Lyle Collins at right tackle. And the way that they played last year at times, you all of a sudden are like, well, maybe it's maybe we're not as steady there uh, as we thought we were for the next, you know, few years. So you can't rule out tackle and then certainly left guard. I, I mean, that has to be addressed as well. That's why, you know, last year's draft, they did a lot to take care of the defense, I think, in the last two really. And I think this one, it, it, there's a lot of pieces on the offense you can use. I could see them spending their first-round pick on a guard. I could see them, you know, like I said, go over receiver, tight end. I mean, there's just a lot of areas there on the offense that they need to address. And with the way the offensive line played last year, I mean, no one should be surprised if at the 24th pick they end up taking an offensive lineman. The only the thing is, if Jason Garrett was still the head coach, I, that would be the odds-on favorite I would be picking right now. It's at 24, I'd say the Cowboys are going to take an offensive lineman. But Mike McCarthy and his time in Green Bay, he didn't draft they, – well, they didn't draft many offensive linemen and, and, and didn't draft them early like that. So maybe he waits till the second or third round. But offensive line, that's right up there with their biggest needs. Well, that's interesting because that is something they certainly need to address to, to get all those other pieces an opportunity to perform. Let's talk a little defense, though, John, because um, Lawrence on one end, Gregory on the other. Are either one of those guys coming back? Yeah, that's a tough one right now. Um you know, they're going to want Demarcus Lawrence to take some type of a pay cut. And as of right now, I don't get the sense that he's going to be willing to do that. Now, things can change. Uh, you know, we'll see. I think it's going to be difficult to bring them both back. But I, but at least one of them has to be back. They will, They would just be too thin. After I just got done saying about all the offensive needs they have, like, then if you, if you don't bring at least one of them back, 
forget everything I just said about the offense. Number one need has to be defensive end. So that's why I don't think they'll put themselves in that situation. At least one of those guys will come back. I also would keep an eye on Dorrance Armstrong. I can see them trying to work out a, a, a team-friendly deal potentially with him uh, to keep him on. But, yeah, edge rusher, edge rusher would just be too thin if you don't have one of those two coming back. And so I think that they'll have at least one of those two. Um, as of right now, I would probably lean a little bit towards Randy Gregory. Um, but to me, Demarcus Lawrence is at, he's one of the most valuable players on the team. I mean, and I don't know how the defense would be as good as it was last year without Demarcus Lawrence. John, as you say that, as we visit with John Mashota from The Athletic, an authority on the Dallas Cowboys. When you hear people say, what has Demarcus Lawrence done? I mean, really, does he deserve all that money? <laughs> the Cowboys don't need him. What has he really done? Yeah, it, it's yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I was talking to somebody yesterday, an uh, NFL scout, about uh, Tyler Biotish. And it was funny, the scout was talking about how, you know, there's it's it's a center thing in the league where, yeah, you, there's plays where you certainly look at Tyler Biotish and you're just like, that wasn't great, that wasn't great. But it's like, you got to pull yourself back from being a fan sometimes and, and look at the landscape across the league of what, like, well, how many centers are really that good? Like, uh, you know, it's like they might have a pretty solid one. And you, so you just don't move on just because he's not as good as Travis Frederick. Well, the same thing with edge rusher. Like, yeah, does he get all the sacks that TJ Watt does? No, but he does so many other things. And to just let him go, oh, oh, oh you don't think he's playing well? Okay, let me show you what rock bottom is. Let me let me, give me 17 games with Terrell Basham on one side and Dorrance Armstrong on the other, and then I'm going to circle back with you and you tell me how good uh, Demarcus Lawrence is. So, and the other thing is that when you pick at 24, like, could you get a good edge rusher? Sure. Is he going to make an instant impact? I mean, you're not getting Aiden Hutchinson. You know, you're not getting Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, you're going to be getting a guy that's at 24. Like, the chances that he makes an immediate impact, he might not make the type of impact that you want for another two or three years. So. I, I just I don't know. I, I think he's I think Demarcus Lawrence is such a big big piece on that defense. I think they'd be in trouble if they let him go. Would you agree that people that think that way are idiots? <laughs> <laughs> that, that might hey, you know what? That might be a little strong, but uh if you want to put it that way, sure I can ride with that. Yeah, Do you thanks, hear that, Ryan Eagle? Yeah, thanks, John. Do you hear that? I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I I was I was kinda leaning that way. I have to admit it. I but you make a good point, okay? You make a good point. You know, what, you know what it comes down to for me is there's just certain positions. And, and, and so maybe I'm the idiot, but I just look at it this way. Like, it's quarterback number one. Like, if you do whatever you can to get that quarterback. And number two for me is, is it's seriously the edge rusher. And I understand that Micah can do the edge rushing stuff. But in people I've talked to since I've been out here, I do not get the sense that they're going full-time like that edge rusher. It's like Because I know that there's people out there, they've talked about the idea of, like, yeah, don't resign Gregory. Let Lawrence go. Make Micah a full-time edge rusher. That's not happening. They love the ability to con- constantly move him around and, and ha- not have opposing offenses. Basically, to have the opposing offense come to line and go, I don't really know where he's going to line up on this play. They love that. That's that. They think that's one of the greatest values with him. So he'll, he'll rush from the edges but they still want him to rush from, from linebacker as well. He had seven sacks last year rushing, rushing from the linebacker position. So because of that, I need uh, like the, I need another premier edge rusher out there so that I have guys coming from multiple angles, not just one guy. I don't want, I don't want the opposing offense looking at my defense going, okay, as long as we can stop 11, we're good here. They need some other edge rushing uh, or, or they're going to be in trouble. You know, it's interesting that you say that about Micah Parsons after I get up from that bus that just rolled over me. It's okay, but um, (laughs) is Micah Parsons, though, I mean, in reality, and I know he's a very talented guy, but is he big enough 
to be that every down edge rusher. It just seems to me like he would just get beat up after a while. No, and that that's part of it as well. But the other thing is too is that um, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be on the field as much. You know, you you instead of him potentially playing you know in the sixties and snaps and, and things like that, he'd be down in thirty five forties. You know, that's that's their thing. They want him to be out there as much as possible. That's why they like him at linebacker. And, and to your point, yeah, that could be a factor as well. You know, because he hasn't been a full time edge you know since high school. Uh, even at Penn State, now his Penn State coach will tell you, oh, believe me, he could have played there. Now they had like, Jason Oway and a couple some other good players up there. So. Mike linebacker was the best fit for Micah Parsons, but no, he could, he could do it. I think, I think he'd be fine uh, being a full-time edge rusher. I just don't think that that would be maxing out what all the things that he brings to the table. And also, by the way, it's not like they're like loaded at linebacker either. So it's like, if you move him down there, then all of a sudden the linebacker becomes an even bigger need. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I've seen a lot of mock drafts that they like this kid out of Georgia. Uh, And and a lot of uh, these mock drafters have him being the first round pick for the Cowboys. Yeah, you know what's interesting about him, and I'm pretty sure you're talking about N'Kobe Dean, yes, who yes. was a monster, yeah, a monster in college. The one thing is about him is he is a little bit of a shorter guy, and while that'll still that'll work for, I mean, there's plenty of short guys that, like, they're going to work at the NFL level. I mean, particularly on the back end, there's times where I felt like the Cowboys passed on certain guys that because maybe they were a little bit smaller, but mm-hmm. they're still good players, but I just feel like with this current coaching staff, I just – from everything that everybody I've talked to, everything I've heard over the last couple of years, like they really value the length, the speed, the things like that, where I just don't know that he fits with that. Now I say that maybe, maybe he's out there. Maybe they, maybe they like him and maybe he ends up being the guy, just the height and the length there is just doesn't seem to match up with what all the other players that have those positions that they're looking for. John Mashota from the athletic, before we let you go real quick, cause we're up against the time wall. If I remember correctly on Twitter, you tweeted a couple of weeks ago you had to get to Cameron Indoor one more time before Coach K retires. His final game uh, tomorrow, What's the, I've never been, it's on the bucket list. What's it like to be in Cameron Indoor for a Coach K game? Oh, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, my, my mom's uh, maiden name is Krzyzewski, so uh, <laughs> I grew up, like, I'm a huge, huge Duke fan. And so uh, I've seen him a bunch, like, I've, I've seen him, when I've been at a couple of their national championship games. I've been in some of their other Final Four games. Seen them when I was growing up in Michigan, when they played at Michigan State in Michigan. But I finally got to Cameron a couple of years ago, and then I was like, i got to get back out there this year, cause last, last year on the sideline and that. And it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's awesome. But, I mean, now here's the thing. If you don't, if you aren't obsessed with it, you might not love it, because especially in the, in the lower bowl, which aren't a lot of room, you're, you're squished in there. It's like bleacher-type seating. So uh, if you're not really into it, you probably want to be in the upper bowl or whatever. But, no, nah, there's nothing like it, because you're watching – elite college basketball talent guys that you know are going to be playing on the next level in, in, a, in a high school gym. I mean, there's not a bad seat in the entire building. And the other thing is that not just in the inside of Cameron, but on the entire campus, they do a great job of making you feel like you might be in the 1940s. Like they do a great job of even when they make renovations, they try and keep it as like as un, you know uniform as possible with the brick, like the woodwork, everything to where you just, it really feels like, Almost like when you're at Wrigley or at Fenway, like you feel the history when you're in there. That's incredible. And you saved a couple of dollars by not waiting for the game tomorrow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> believe me, believe me. Uh, there's multiple times that I've went on StubHub and gone, man, $3,000 is so much. Is it really worth doing this? I'm like, no, just close the window. You're not doing that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it uh, for sure. It's going to be, it's going to be great. If you're not already, subscribe to The Athletic so John can go to one of those games <laughs> yes, at some yes, point yes. down the road. Help him out. Yeah. 
Yeah, please do. <laughs> John Mashota from The Athletic. Always appreciate it. We'll catch up soon. Sounds good, guys. Take it easy. And if you're not already, it's kind of a joke. Subscribe to The Athletic. The, yeah. it, it's incredible stuff. Mashota's great. He really is. And, and just goes to my point. When you start thinking like a fan, he's got a common sense solution to that. Yeah. Just like he did. He agrees with me. Well, not really. Because I can take the fan hat off, and I do. No. You don't take the cowboy hate glasses off. No, I don't hate the cowboys. That's where you're wrong. I still think they'd be okay without D-Law. <sighs> yeah. They'd be okay. Uh, They're going to be okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I, stand I, by that. I will. Yeah. I will absolutely stand by that. Although I you, think they'll you, be okay. You need to go down the hall and uh, try to wash off some of those tire marks that are all over that because, pink shirt of yours. And we're going to find out this season, yeah, too. We, so yeah, it, it won't be long before we'll know who's right. If you want to go see Greta Van Fleet, we'll give away those tickets coming up in just a couple of minutes. Ah, hell, let's do it now. Caller 12, those tickets are yours. 656-ESPN, 656-3776. We'll also give away some Brooks and Dunn tickets as well uh, before 7 o'clock. It's Rob Thompson. The biggest headlines in sports. Rudy J and I break them down weekday mornings, 7 till 10 on R&R in the morning. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 1033 FM. Brian Angle, you do all the grocery shopping in your house, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I do not, but I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Kroger is coming to San Antonio. Why? <laughs> exactly. Didn't H-E-B run them out of town already? Yeah, about 30 years ago. According to an article that's on KSAT.com, Kroger is returning to the San Antonio market after nearly 30 years. But it's not going to be your grandma's grocery store. <laughs> They're coming with online-based grocery and delivery service, 160 jobs, and a lot of robots. Instead of stores, you're going to see refrigerated trucks, and they're they're going to lease a 67,000-square-foot facility on the northeast side. Um, but basically, it's all e-commerce. You want to do your grocery shopping and have it delivered, they are going to do that for you. Well, you know, we do that on occasion with Amazon. Uh huh. And they'll, you know, you call them, you place your order, and then they'll deliver it right to your door. So I guess that's what they're trying to get in on. I, I guess I, I, I don't quite understand that because you've got Amazon, you've got HEB doing that. Overall, uh, they they say online orders generally have seen order increases from three to five percent of overall sales to up to twenty percent uh, uh, during the pandemic for the high tech fulfillment model. Um, I don't know. What, what is the high-tech fulfillment model? Ordering online. That's that's high-tech fulfillment? Yes. Wow. Then I'm high-tech, I guess. <laughs> well. Who knew? Well, again, it's, you're not going into the store, so they don't need the brick and mortar, as more and more people are doing it that way. I just don't know how Kroger is going to be able to compete with HEB or Amazon if you're buying your groceries online. No, I don't know either, but they must think they, you know, they do all those studies sure. and, and, and whatever before they yeah, embark on something like that. But sometimes I like to go into the grocery store. I usually buy too much when I do it that way, but yes. I enjoy doing it that way. It, it's it's one of those things. I'm, You know, it's like buying clothes online or shoes. Like yeah. I couldn't buy shoes online. You can't because you got to try them on. Yeah. Rob Thompson buys shoes online all the time. Yeah. I, I don't. I, it's hard to do. 
you know, who knows? If you need something quick, I guess, it, I, I, I don't know. I just wonder if, you know, Kroger's one of those companies that just is hard-headed. They feel like they can compete. They got their butts whipped by H-E-B once, probably will again. My guess is we all win, right? Yeah. Because H-E-B was some competition. Yeah, maybe. I think they're feeling the competition, though, just from what we said, because I think some people are ordering that stuff, and it's just so convenient to have those groceries delivered right to your, your front door. But I don't know. I still enjoy, I'm an old guy, so I like going to the grocery store. Get off my lawn. That's right. We gave away the Greta Van Fleet tickets. We got a winner, Edwin. Edwin? John Craddock. All right, John, congratulations. You're going to go see Greta Van Fleet. If you didn't win your tickets, LiveNation.com. The Dreams and Gold Tour at the AT&T Center November 5th on uh, June 11th. Brooks and Dunn in the Reboot yeah. Tour are going to be at the AT&T Center. Again, tickets available at LiveNation.com. Or you could win a free pair right now. Caller number 9-656-ESPN-656-3776. <laughs> You're going to go see Brooks and Dunn uh, as part of the Reboot Tour June 11th down at the AT&T Center. Live. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Woo! Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. You can be a part of the show on a Friday. It is Friday. Kia Boss of Bacon phone lines, 210-656-ESPN, 656-3776. Tweet at Ryan Nagel. He is at Joe Ryan Nagel 210. Tweet at me, at Jason Minix. That sound like a rapper? No. Joe Ryan Nagel 210. It really did. No? No. I kind of think JR 210. I don't know, man. I'm getting that vibe. Oh, oh. I got it. <laughs> Hour three, the dude is punch drunk. <laughs> when was the last time you saw anybody trying to beatbox? I don't I know. Mean, but... How old are you? <laughs> I do a mean sprinkler, too, by the way. You ever get on the dance floor and get you a sprinkler going? <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's called? That's it. Thought you were in the men's room with the mean sprinkler. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> that happens. Good Lord. Edwin, you sure you want to be a part of this show? Just because of you, Jason. Oh, uh, what? whoa. <laughs> What's going on over there, man? I've been taking up for you all day. We used to be neighbors, and we didn't even know it. Who, That's you true. and Jason? Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. I guess I'll go for the neighbor thing. He, he's that kind of kid, clearly, that never went outside. Oh, yeah? Hey, Avi, I don't know this, but literally, w when we moved to our old neighborhood, come to find out, he lives in the same neighborhood. Right down the street right, somewhere, right, huh? right down the street. You never saw him? What year did you graduate? 2016. 2016. I'm sorry, 2014. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, because my daughter graduated 2016. You're a little older than, than her. The year the Spurs won the title. Yep. Yeah. Good time. It was a good time. <laughs> it was a great time. You know, you know who else used to live over in that area? Patty Mills. Really? Yep. 
I never saw him either. It's because you never went outside. Uh, well, you still don't go outside. What did uh, did you see him out there, dude? Right after they won the championship, the the very next day, Patty Mills is at the Baskin and Robbins right over there at two eighty one in Evans. Yeah, him and his dog. He's still wearing the same thing, but they stopped to get ice cream. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so all of a sudden, you know, we're we're in line at at Baskin Robbins. Come to find out. Uh, I think my daughter and the dude that was working there, you know, were talking or whatever. So that's all of a sudden, you know, this, we were going to Baskin Robbins a lot. It took me a while to figure out why, right? But, <laughs> but Patty Mills walks in and it was a hell of a party. And then, you know, they, well, the whole Spurs team after they won the title closed down the Roo Pub. I'm sure. They, I mean, the, the whole team was, was at the Roo Pub. I mean, everybody was there that night. But yeah. Yeah, Patty used to live uh, right down the street. Well, you know, I saw Monte Ginobili mm-hmm. and Tim Duncan once in the HEB mm-hmm. over off Leon Springs out by the Dominion. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, it's kind of cool to see those guys. And you realize, you know what, they've got a... Why were you at that HEB? Well, why not? Well, that's I... not your HEB. No, it was because oh. I lived right after I was, I was actually single. Yeah, so there were some apart- there were some apartments <laughs> over there I lived in that was uh, that was the closest grocery okay. store. All right, and so yeah, I'd go in there. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. See, now all you got to do is go to Kroger and they'll bring it to you. No, I I I feel disloyal if I do that. You know, it, it's interesting because how do you know I don't, Botella? Well, Boteo Franklin Boteo. on Facebook Live says. His name is Botello to Botello? me. Botello? Well, because he's a Washington fan, so uh, he will always have an incorrect name for, well, the, for that reason. But he says it sounds like Joe has a MySpace. I did at one time. But did I, you really? Yeah, sure. I, I no, did. you know what? I'm not sure that I did, because that was like the first thing yeah. that came out. And I don't think I did. You probably did. Nah, well, if I did, I wasn't very good on it. I didn't. I didn't talk on there it's just like all your other social media handles that you have now well that's true although i'm getting a little bit better about it i retweet a lot you're a retweeter and a and a add it to my story on instagram yep that must be new adding to your story well since i started here you you learned well now that i've got a cool name joe reinagle 210 (laughs) i mean you know (laughs) think about that it looks pretty good it, it does. It does. It looks really good. Yeah. It's Joe Reinigle was taken by me. <laughs> With a password you can't remember. Exactly. And an email you no longer have access to. That's why you don't do things like that on your company email I account. know it. I know it. It took me a long time to get a personal email because for years, I would do everything through the Kins 5 email. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, after a while, it's like, yep. Maybe that's not the best of ideas. <laughs> there are some things that are, you know, personal, so that you might not want the big brother to be watching over your shoulder. Sure. So, so I found an changed. AOL account. I had an AOL account. <laughs> of course. I know some people that still use their AOL accounts. Really? Yeah. You didn't have an AOL? No. You've got mail. No. I love I, that. I never did have AOL. All right. I did. I mean, that was the first internet thing, the internet provider i guess i think i had aol i had i think it was hotmail at the time then uh gmail and yahoo 
and Yahoo's the one I use the most. And then I've got one when I fill out stuff that I never want to hear from you. I've got that generic email that I never check, but I always give that out. Well, I'm not talking about email, although I guess it was, there was an email address with it, but it was a whole thing. AOL. I know, but I was in the military at the time. I had a MIL account. Okay. Dot MIL. Military. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mine was dot AOL. <laughs> Joe Reinagle. 210. 210. Good Boom. Lord. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, I want to talk, and we'll, we'll get into the Spurs. There's an interesting commentary by uh, Nick Friedel. Who's a really good dude? Can we pull this up? I'm going to play this right off of Twitter, which is which is always dangerous. But you know, Nick Friedle's good dude. He um, he's ESPN's basketball guy that follows the big team. Yeah, you know, for a couple of years he was living in San Francisco covering Golden State. Now Nick is in New York. We might have to try to get him on soon because you know he's covering the Brooklyn Nets. And there's there's so many storylines about when is Ben Simmons going to make his debut with the Brooklyn Nets. And and a lot of jokes started like, okay, they play Philadelphia on the 10th, so he'll be ready to go on the 11th because, you know. Doesn't want to play Philadelphia. He doesn't want to play his whole team. Fredell dropped some news today that to me is just baffling when it comes to Ben Simmons. Hang on. A little more serious than they thought. Let's People have to remember again. something. Malik, it's still at least a few more weeks away. I think this back issue was a little more serious than they thought. People have to remember something. Simmons still hadn't been cleared for practice at all. So he had been doing some individual work, and his teammates had been getting to know him a little bit, but he hadn't gone through anything in a team setting. Sean Marks on SBM gave an interview to Yes Network last Nine months? (laughs) And they're figuring out he now has a back issue? How did he pass a physical? This sounds like Kawhi Leonard 2.0. Oh, my goodness. And now at the end of the Fredell report, he says, according to Dr. Kevin Durant, mentally he's okay, which has always been one of the questions. Who, Durant or Simmons? Simmons. Simmons. Yes, that's why I called him Dr. Durant. Oh, I got you. You know, talking about, you know, that that is in his headspace, because that's been the biggest concern. Now... As seriously as all of us should take mental health right now, although when he first started talking about it, as late as he started talking about mental health as a reason not to play, I felt like he was using that as an excuse. I only got one more card left, so let me throw that one out there, because what are you going to say, right? Um, But now it's his back? What have you been doing for nine months that you've got a back injury now that's keeping you from being able to even practice with your team. I am so happy. I can't tell you how happy I am. When all the rumors were and everybody, every Spurs fan wanted Ben Simmons here, I was like, please keep that guy as far away from the city as humanly possible. You know, whether he plays in Brooklyn or not this year remains to be seen. Whether he plays again remains to be seen. I mean, this guy is just one of those guys you don't want anywhere near your basketball team. He's one of those guys, and you just don't. Um, we had that guy. It was Kawhi Leonard, and he blew this team up completely, mm-hmm. and I will always dislike him for that. But and he's not playing. 
Although I, th- I hear he's getting close. But it's just, you know, there's some guys in, in the NBA or, or the NFL or whatever professional sport that you just hope never lands in your city. And Ben Simmons was that guy. Yeah, but he goes to Brooklyn. And and you look at Brooklyn. I mean, they've been in a tailspin since Kevin Durant's been out injured. I sure. mean, they, they were the two seed and then dropped down to the eight. If they change some of the COVID protocols and they're able to get Kyrie back full time over the final eighteen twenty games, whatever's left for Brooklyn, and you get Durant and then a, a a functioning Ben Simmons, that's one hell of a basketball team. Maybe you don't know what you're going to get out of Ben Simmons. You have no idea. Yeah, well, I I don't think he's there for the offense, and they don't need him for offense. Well, they, he can, they, because he can't play offense. But he could be there for the defense. But he can play offense when he wants to. Nah, that I mean, guy. That, that's the crazy thing. Just don't let him shoot free throws. But you're looking at this guy and the amount of money that you pay them, you know, whether it's Russell Westbrook and him going off on the media last night because the Lakers lost again. Yeah. You, you, you look at a guy like James Harden, you look at all these guys that have never won a damn thing that make so much money and they're so talented individually. They are talented. That's the key word right there. Individually. Yeah. They care about individually. That's it. And th- and that's the problem. You've got to be a team player. You wonder what does, what can the NBA do when you look at these guaranteed contracts, four or five years, and football is the same way. NFL football is, is exactly the same way. You can be a knucklehead, but if you can help my team win, we'll put up with the BS. But it does seem like there's more BS-type stuff at the NBA level. I mean, the fact that you're able to trade a Harden for a Ben Simmons, here's your headache for my headache. Yeah, exactly. It, it exactly. is insane. You know, a, a couple of years ago when Houston was able to rid themselves of Chris Paul, you know, you're like, who's going to take that contract? Well, somebody did, and it's worked out great for the Phoenix Suns. The uh, and but you look at some of these others and you go, how do you move these contracts around, uh, and and why are you willing to take those on to go chase? I mean, the, the idea is to go chase a title, but again, you don't know what you're getting. I think sometimes GMs think that our situation here is much different than the situation there, and we get a guy over here, change the scenery, everything's going to be okay, and we can coddle this guy or tell him what he wants to hear or whatever the case may be, and he's going to play ball here. James Harden can't figure out where he wants to play. I mean, he can't. Now, you know, now Philadelphia's the greatest place on earth. Mm -hmm. Before it was Brooklyn, then Mm -hmm. it was Houston, then it was Oklahoma City, and when guys bounce around like that and just never win, you can't even say Harden's chasing a ring. I, I wouldn't because he's never gotten one, and he's been on some good teams. But he is chasing it because he keeps ending up in places that you go, man, you add James Harden to that mix, that's a championship-caliber team. Well, your defense just got a lot worse. It did, but your offense got a lot better. And 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 your fashion levels have upped a tick or three. But you, but you look at it. You look at James Harden on Philadelphia with Embiid. All right, I, I can go with that. Ben Simmons with a fully functioning everyday guy in Kyrie. And why the NBA isn't pushing or or, or New York City isn't allowing him to play at this point is beyond me. I, I know 
the numbers have dropped to a certain level. And whatever you might believe when it comes to all this, you, you look around and you go, okay, the NFL just dropped all pro COVID protocols. In the middle of a combine, which a week before the combine, they tried to create a bubble. That idea went nowhere fast. Nobody was going to show up. So they changed those rules real quick to get people to show up. And in the middle of it, the NFL says, yeah, no more COVID protocols. You don't have to wear a mask. Reporters can go in the locker room. No more daily testing. It's business as usual. Caveat, if numbers spike, we can put in sure. our own protocols. All right, that, that makes sense. New York, L.A., mask mandates, they're lifted. No masks in schools in New York anymore. Although I believe what New York City is keeping masks on for another week or, or whatnot. Yet Kyrie still can't play home games. But the stupidest thing about that is that, I don't know, um, Patty Mill, well, he plays there. Give me a player. LeBron James can walk into New York City unvaccinated. He is vaccinated. I'm not saying he's not, but I'm saying a player can walk into that and play. It's it's the most ridiculous thing and stupid backward thing I've ever seen. And the NBA, now there are going to be some when the rule gets lifted, and it will get lifted for Kyrie before the start of the playoffs so he can play in every one of their games. I'm sure it will. Home game, road game. But right now I look at where Brooklyn's at in the standings and I go, well, that's perfect because at the very least Kyrie can play in every road game, and if you don't have home court – in a seven-game series, he's got the ability to play in four of those games instead of three. Where if you're with home court advantage, that's a disadvantage for Kyrie's availability. As dumb as that sounds, that's the truth. My guess is that the NBA or the New York rule maker will change the rule and allow Kyrie to play. And, of course, a whole bunch of people are going to go eight bleep saying that's not fair, that they're changing it just for the playoffs, and they are. Just like the NFL, the NFL changed things for the playoffs. Yep. Just like there was no COVID issues with the teams that were in the playoffs, but there was all kinds of COVID issues for the teams in regular bowls. Yeah, they had a lot of problems. It's look, I, the NBA has already lifted it for the most part. They they've gotten rid of it. It's the cities now mm -hmm. that, and even Adam Silver was he was pressing the mayor of New York City. Yeah to end all of this and let Kyrie play. Because even Adam Silver said the same thing I just did. It's the stupidest thing in the world that a guy can come into town not being vaccinated. He can play, but Kyrie Irving at home can't play. Now, I could see if in your city, depending on what the numbers are, and I haven't seen what the numbers are in New York lately. I haven't looked. But I know if they're taking masks off of kids in schools, they must be dropping to a certain level. And I saw... The mayor of New York saying, we're going to wait a week. The state did this. We're going to wait a week because they've been on vacation. We're going to see what they look like when they come back before we take the mask off. We're, we're getting close to, to that point. Why not just give Kyrie a waiver? I, I, I mean, there might be some political backlash. And I know that, that the mayor denied that request for the Nets because he doesn't want the political backlash but I don't understand why. He looks like a fool, though. He looks like a fool, Jason. When you, again, just. It's political. That on its face. It, it, but when it, a player can come in there and play unvaccinated, but a player, because his home is there, he can't play. It's, it's just. Tell me where that makes any sense at all. It, it, it doesn't. Uh, none of it at this point. 
seems that the inconsistencies, you know, like when we were in Los Angeles, we're in Los Angeles covering the Super Bowl. Checking Vax cards and 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 wearing masks indoors to walk into a restaurant or a bar. Mm-hmm. Right. Knowing because they announced it the following Tuesday, they were going to lift the mandate. Yep. That's what I didn't understand. All right. So it's Thursday. We're going to a bar. Got to wear a mask. But next Tuesday, I won't have to. Right. I, I don't understand the we're going to, you know, next Tuesday, after all you people leave town, we're going to lift the mask mandate. Uh, yet, look. yet you see the mayor in L.A. walking around without his mask on. Um, you, you just look at it and you you sit there and look. I'm not a Nets fan and I'm not a fan of Kyrie. I think that guy's you know off his rocker. But him not being able to play home games right now just is unfair. It's foolish. It, it really is. It's ridiculous and there's no explanation for it. Especially as I've mentioned many times. You know, you can come in there and play without being back. It's it's ridiculous. All of this needs to go away, and it's it's just time. It's time. Let's end it and and get back to life, please. Well, some of us have. Well, I have, and thank and, God and, we're in Texas. And, that's and, all I have to and, say. And that's it. I mean, the the political landscape. You know, maybe the mayor of New York hates the Nets, and he's a big Knicks fan. So, <laughs> you know, and, and you know what? There's part of me that would appreciate that if that's what he would say. But to say, well, we can't make an exception for one because of what of that guy. And I get that's political. Well, it's political because the way I understand it, and I heard the mayor say this, employees of the city are still required to be vaccinated and masked. Mm-hmm. So he's saying if it's unfair to allow Kyrie to do that if the employees of the city can't. And with that, I understand. However, the other rule is stupid and... You just need to wave it for everybody. You make exceptions to every rule anyway. Exactly. And I understand, and I, look, um, if you, I'm sure there there's lots of businesses right now where the job requires you to wear a mask. I'm fine with that. You, you work there, if that's your job requirement, you want a paycheck, you deal with it because that's what your job has said that they need to do to protect their employees. That's a poor reason on the part of the mayor, I think, to, well, our employees have to, so Kyrie can't. You know, Kyrie doesn't work for you. The whole he, thing's he works dumb. in your city, but he also dumb. lives in New Jersey, so you're not making his tax money. The whole thing's but dumb. At some point, the NBA needs to make sure that it's fixed, and I guess it will be prior to the start of the postseason. I'm sure it will. The whole thing's dumb. Okay, how it you, is. How do you really feel? I feel like the whole thing's just not smart at well, all. Well, and 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 and, and speaking of of dumb and i know we're up against the break but you you just reminded me of something you, well by saying dumb yeah you've <laughs> got you've got to find something to watch i do now that you've have your nights free yeah the weekend is here watch inventing anna on netflix it's a fantastic show okay and it's loosely based on a true story in fact they tell you everything in here is true except for what is not they just don't tell you what is not, right? But the chick that the story is based off of is a real person, and she's really in jail right now. She is now suing the jailers because they refused to give her a booster shot, and she caught COVID. And so now there's a class action suit amongst inmates that didn't get boosted that caught COVID, and they're suing the jails because of that. 
<laughs> I wonder why they would refuse to do that. I thought that was a thing to do. I thought it was a thing to do. But I, I, I thought, man, that's of all the things that you would think, that's not one of them. But watch Inventing Anna. It, it, it's really good. Okay, I'll do that. Not tonight, though. I, I probably... You're going to go drinking that. I'll probably you've do got something a, you've tonight. Got a, you've got a Friday night off. Joe Reinagle, Jason Minix, The Blitz, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250, 103.3 FM. It is The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Ryan I'm Jason Minix. Make sure to tune in tomorrow morning to the Saturday morning hangover with a well-skinned-up need, James Pledger. You think he's going to be okay to play hurt? He'll play hurt. He'll play hurt? He'll, he'll play hurt. Okay. I mean, he'll be better than you at beatboxing. That is for sure. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was pretty solid. You were the only one. Twin Peaks. The $2 million bracket challenge presented by Dos Equis is at Twin Peaks. Go to TwinPeaksBracketChallenge.com. When it's tournament time, submit your bracket for all the games in the men's college basketball tournament between Sunday the 13th and Thursday the 17th, and you could win yourself $2 million with a perfect bracket. I'd go for two million bucks. I certainly could. Perfect bracket. That's tough. That's, I mean, let's face it. Ain't nobody going to win that. Well, you never know. You don't think you're going to win the lottery either, but, you know, people do. True. So you never know, right? As long as you have Duke there winning it all. Do you think Duke in Coach K's final year? Wouldn't that be a fairy tale? Do you think he goes out cutting down the nets? Fairy tale. Why not? Sure. I think, hey, I, I think a lot of people will have them winning it all. They've got a good team. I, I hope a lot of people have them winning it all. Plus the sentiment of him leaving. I hope they uh, we have a lot of people I, I, winning I, wait, it all. I sense some sarcasm there. Just everybody that picks Duke, you're out of my way. Ah, okay. Well, who do you got? Duke. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's too early to tell. What do you mean it's too early to tell? It's too early to tell. So you want to see how the uh, regionals I, all I, I, match I up? I want to see the, regions... the matchups. I want to see the regions. I got to okay. look to see my 12-5 upset because that always seems to happen. want to see you know, who are the ones. And I think we have a good idea, but the twos. and But what regions are they in? Yeah. Oh, what, what's the travel? Hell, I want to know who's coming to San Antonio. Yeah, no First kidding. and foremost, because... We got a lot coming into San Antonio here uh, in was it not the 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 twenty fourth? It's the second yeah, the, week of yeah, the tournament. Yeah, the twenty fourth and twenty sixth. We'll have games down at the AT and T Center. So absolutely, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, that'll be fun. And you know, there's there's a lot of teams that are kind of dark horses. I you know I wouldn't count Texas Tech out. I think they've got at least a team that can make a a run through the tournament. Again, though, depending on where they're at, Baylor. Is right another there. one? You're right. Um, it won't be the Longhorns. No. Probably won't be the Aggies. No, I didn't almost guarantee that. The Aggies do close out the regular season tomorrow against Mississippi State. You can listen to that game starting at 7 tomorrow night here on San Antonio Sports Star. Not to change the subject or anything, but I will. Yeah, go ahead. Adam Schefter just reported that Brian Greasy is leaving the Monday Night Football booth to be the quarterback's coach. 
of the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I'm glad that Brian Greasy read the writing on the wall when they gave $18 million a year to Troy Aikman for your job. So you didn't think they were going to be partners? Well, no. Brian Greasy, Troy Aikman, come on. And Lou Riddick is going to end up in some team's front <laughs> office. Here, here's what I find fascinating is Troy Aikman has finally publicly talked about taking the job yeah, at ESPN. Yeah. Talked about the appreciation and uh, actually admitted Fox never really got into the negotiation. I am shocked by that. With the amount of money that they started talking about, Fox is like, enjoy. Yeah. What The big question that I have now, do they let Joe Buck leave Fox with a year left on his contract? And what does ESPN offer up Fox to let Joe Buck walk? Because it's the dream matchup, the idea of one year with Al Michaels. If you're Al Michaels... Are you going to sign a one-year deal with ESPN? No, no. It's Troy and it's it's Joe Buck. That's the matchup. I was reading on Awful Announcing some of the speculation, and I find it fascinating, the horse trading yeah. that could be going on with Big Ten football. Yeah. So we'll let Joe walk, but we want Michigan-Ohio State. On Fox instead of ESPN, ABC. I think they said they wanted three games, Mm -hmm. is what I heard. That, of course, being one of them, because that's the marquee matchup in the Big Ten. And because how how the TV world works with these games and the contracts, and, you know, the conferences have... Contracts with both. There is no exclusive right. home for the for for the major conferences. Is you get some pecking order and you take turn. Who picks first? Who picks second? You know. Imagine as you're trying to figure out your fantasy football draft and everybody put you know you put the numbers in the hat and then everybody draws one out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of how the networks decide who gets what game. All right. This week I'm picking first. You pick second, <laughs> and then you know, and then vice versa. So does ESPN give up a couple of marquee games? And quite frankly, I don't know why they wouldn't to get Joe Buck. Well, it's it's more ABC, right? Because that game's on ABC. It's not on well, ESPN. It's ABC, ESPN. It's Disney. Right. It's Disney against Fox at this point. So if I'm if I'm Fox, and you know that ESPN, you know that Troy Aikman wants Joe Buck, why not ask for the moon? You ask for whatever you can get. I mean, say, hey, okay, we'll let him walk. Give us this. If you're ESPN, what else do you have? ESPN isn't over a barrel over this because there's only one year left on the Joe Buck deal with Fox. And if you're Fox, do you want one of your marquee talents unhappy? The answer is no. Now, Joe Buck is a professional. I don't think he would mail in a game, and he's not going to call in sick. No. And he's, he's not going to be a jerk. But everybody knows he's leaving. And you have to replace Troy Aikman already. It's in your best interest, if you're Fox as well, to roll out a solid number one team. I don't know that one year of Joe Buck and Greg Olson is going to have Joe going, you know, I love Troy, but... This Olsen guy's pretty good. Let's do a 20-year run with him. No, but a, a big contract would. I mean, if you're Joe Buck and, and Fox is going to come back and give you the money that you're looking for, 
know, hey, Troy, I love you. We'll get together for barbecues on a Wednesday night or whatever. I mean, and that could be because Joe Buck apparently makes eleven million dollars a year right now from Fox. Exactly. He'll probably get a contract similar to what Troy is getting at ESPN. Although he's going to have to work a lot harder for it. Troy is going to work a lot harder for his eighteen and a half or eighteen, his five year ninety million dollar deal. Because ESPN is going to require him to do a bunch of shows and all of that course. kind of stuff. I mean, that, that comes with the territory. The The idea that Joe Buck would do the same thing, and Joe Buck with ESPN baseball's pa- the ESPN baseball package as well as, as, as football. If you're Joe Buck, though, do you want to leave Fox and lose the World Series? Do you want to leave? I, I mean, yeah. there's some things that he gets to do. Well, and here's here's the other thing that I think Fox is, and I'm going to get in their head, and this is what I'm thinking. When you look at football, and we're just talking the NFL right now, Sunday is the day. Everybody's watching football on Sunday. Sunday, 3 o'clock. Not everybody's watching football on Monday night. No. So if you go with Troy, and happy for Troy that he's making his money and he's going to do some other things, Maybe that's not as attractive to Joe Buck as staying with Fox and being able to do the marquee game at three o'clock on Sunday afternoon. That Andrew Marchman, who's like the top media writer for the New York paper. I remember a while ago when when they did the last deal, the amount of money that was spent. ESPN demanded better games on Monday Night Football. My guess is with the investment of $90 million in Troy Aikman and whatever they're going to end up paying Joe Buck, they have some assurances from the league that they're going to have some matchups that are going to be must-watch television. And the idea of creating a booth that everybody seems to love, because everybody everybody loves and hates both Troy and Joe, because everybody Mm -hmm. thinks those two hate their team, but they all consider them the best in the business. Like, universally, we all agree that Chris Collinsworth sucks. Yes. Right? Yet we watch the game despite him because the matchup. Right. And it's Sunday night football. Yes. I think creating better matchups with the investment that ESPN and ABC are making in Monday night football, there's got to be better matchups coming their way, and they know it. Or they wouldn't be making that kind of investment. Well, you got to wonder because they still have the competition from NBC, mm-hmm. who right now with the contract that is currently still in place, they get the game. They can flex and they can do what they want to do. Now that it's switched back and forth too between CBS and Fox, that CBS now can get some NFC games, mm-hmm. not just AFC. You know, so there's a lot of people paying a lot of money, and I just think even it. If you're Roger Goodell and the owners of the NFL, are you going to give your marquee matchups to to ESPN when they are the least watched of the weekend? But that is also your biggest financial partner. And so I can see the NFL going, we've got to get better games on Monday night football. They want to build up the Monday nights. Well, then ESPN's going to have to pony up some cash. Well, they already have. Well, so is CBS and Fox and NBC. But not to the same level. And that's why I say the investment being made, I've got to believe there's better matchups. Troy and Joe aren't going to do a Jacksonville-Cleveland Monday night game. So uh, CBS, and I know this personally, ponied up about $6 billion. Mm -hmm. 
So you're telling me ESPN has ponied up more than $6 billion? We've got a Google box right Yeah, here. we need to. See I, and I know Fox is about the same way and NBC about the same way. So I can't imagine the, the executives at CBS, Fox, and NBC. ESPN will pay about $2.7 billion a year to continue airing Monday Night Football, also added in the rotation of broadcast Super Bowls beginning in 2026. The agreement with ESPN starts one year earlier in 2022 because its current contract expires after that. How much does CBS pay? CBS pays slightly less than $2 billion annually. Uh, I overshot there is what you're telling me. I'm just saying. <laughs> not unusual. Because uh, when you Google, then it, it, it asks all the other questions. Let's see. Uh, what does NBC pay for the NFL? Uh, $2 billion, Amazon a billion. Yahoo and Verizon four hundred fifty million. So, so yeah, so Fox is a little less than two billion. Yeah, a, a, a CBS Viacom will be paying slightly less than two billion annually for its multi-platform package. Well, I mean, so what? What did you say? NBC pays. Uh, let me find the NBC one. Because if I'm looking at that, and I'm ESPN, obviously, if I'm paying the most money, then yeah, I want the biggest games, but. They haven't been getting those games. And I'm just wondering if it is because of the Monday night schedule. Monday night football used to be king. It's just not anymore. I mean, people are watching because they love football. But it's not the party on a Monday night that it used to be. Is it? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading. I don't oh, know what you're saying. You're ignoring me. That's I, all well, right. no, I'm, I'm reading about all these ridiculous <laughs> numbers. CBS, which will retain its own Sunday afternoon NFL showcase, will continue to share the national 320 uh, window with Fox, has agreed to pay some $1.85 billion per year. That marks an 80% jump from the $1.03 billion it pays the NFL under its current contract. So that's a jump, and I'm, I'm reading here, and I'm not sure how this is from March 18th of 2021. Right. So Fox is the same way, $1.85 billion. Yeah, and then ESPN redid their deal. At two point six billion. So what we 2. know, 7 what we know is a is year that, is that the NFL is king. Yes. It says here that the NFL inks eleven year, one hundred five billion dollar media rights renewals. Yep, with all of its partners. Yep, one hundred and five billion mm-hmm. over the over the long term. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. So if I were a betting man. Uh-huh. I would put the odds at being really strong that Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are calling Monday Night Football in September of this year. That they will figure it out. Fox will get, you know, some Bennies, some extra college games, because that's, that's the bargaining chip. Maybe a little scratch to uh, help Joe Buck, but Joe Buck's going to end up at ESPN this year. If I'm a betting man, I would take that bet. Hey guys, it's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. And you heard it from the big voice guy there. You do some grilling this weekend and the weather's going to be perfect. Make sure you take a photo of what's on your grill uploaded at sasportstar.com and you could win yourself a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. It is the Blitz. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. When you're watching the Combine this week, and chances are you haven't seen him play, 
but you probably know his name. That quarterback from Liberty, Malik Willis. Yep. I don't know anything about him. Going to Pittsburgh, according to every mock draft there is. And, and he might, although and looks like a hell of a quarterback. I can't say that I watched Liberty play. Yeah, no. All that gear you see those guys wearing at the Combine, one of the best parts of going is they load you up with a ton of gear. You know, it's kind of like when the Army All-American Bowl or the U.S. or uh, the, the, just the All-American Bowl, they, it's not the Army, but, you know, just the amount of gear that they get for these events. Malik Willis gave all his combine gear to a homeless woman. Oh, that's great. I love this kid. Yeah. Don't know anything about him. But most of those guys get their stuff and they got it forever. He saw a homeless woman and gave her clothes. I think that's fantastic. That's fantastic. That is great. And, and you know what? You can't fake that that's just a good heart that's it i mean that just is there's there's no faking that so way to go that's awesome but sincerely i've seen that that he will go when most and it's mock drafts and it's hard to take them but uh the pittsburgh steelers would like to draft him according to most mock drafts that i've seen well they've got to find a quarterback they do and, and you 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 look at and a lot of us will spend some time this weekend watching the combine. You got three kids from UTSA, you know, seeing some of the comments that they've been making on the podium when they've had their chances, you know, the 40 times. I mean, you know, UTSA is representing well there at the combine, which is awesome. And they start spring practice, the Roadrunners do on Monday. That's incredible, isn't that, it? It doesn't feel like it's that time. I'm right? so happy. But they, they do. I mean, we're, we're getting close. But, you know, when you're watching, you, you know, like I said, I don't know anything about Malik Willis. By all accounts, he's a hell of a quarterback. But I'm a fan now, just reading that, knowing, um, like you said, that's just genuine. That's genuine. You can't make that up. There's there's no question about it. So, you know, the quarterbacks, as far as that goes in the draft, Jason, there's not uh, any projected really high in the first round. I'm trying to see here. Some of these. Um... Well, you look at it's. It's not a quarterback deep draft. There is no Trevor Lawrence in this draft. I mean, you know, Matt Coral will probably be a first rounder, but a late first rounder. But every year as you get closer, those that need a quarterback are going to fall in love with somebody. And then you'll see trades. I was it? I don't want to misquote anybody. Dane Bugler or one of them are talking about. You might go 15 picks before you get your first quarterback off the board. You, you know, there, there, there likely won't be a quarterback taken in the top 10. Well, interesting that you say that. I'm looking, I just pulled up the uh, CBS mock draft. They've got Willis going nine to the Denver Broncos. But I've seen him going to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. And then the next quarterback you've got would be taken two picks later with the Washington Commanders, and that would be Desmond Ritter of the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then Coral, or is it Corral? Matt Corral. Matt Corral. And and God bless him. You know, he got hurt in a bowl game. They've got him going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what you're going to see is those three guys are the, are, the, are the picks when it comes to quarterback, but where they land and, you know, who falls in love with them from now until draft time as to where they'll go. You know, because when you, when you look at it, and who knows, because you've got the picket kid as well who's got the small hands, and they say, well, he can't play in cold weather, yet he played his college ball at the University of Pittsburgh right. outdoors, right? 
you know, Mel Kuyper's got him going 11 to Washington's football team. So, you know, that's why I say at this time of year, things are so all over the road. Other than reading them to pick them apart, it doesn't matter until you see the league year start free agency. Then once free agency gets running, all of a sudden now you start seeing some some different movement or real needs start coming into play. Kuyper's got the Willis kid going to Liberty at number 20. So Pickett was the first quarterback off the board for him on this particular mock draft. And I think uh, Matt Corral was going pretty late uh, to Detroit at number 32. Oh, my God. Why would they do that to that poor kid? (laughs) I mean, honestly. That's terrible. But, you know, a lot's going to depend on what happens with this quarterback carousel. I mean, uh, do any of these veteran quarterbacks land somewhere else? And that could change the draft in a heartbeat. I think Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. Right. I think Russell Wilson stays in Seattle. But you got Kirk Cousins, who might be on the move. Obviously, Deshaun Watson will be somewhere. Carson Wentz could be an interesting play because could be after a year in Siberia, although it was a good year in Siberia, with the Buffalo Bills, does Mitch Trubisky get another chance? I think he does. I've heard talk that he will. With Indianapolis. Yeah. How bad do you suck, Carson Wentz, that they would replace <laughs> you with Mitchell Trubisky? You guys enjoy your weekend. You got the Saturday morning hangover tomorrow morning at 9, R&R Monday at 7. We're back Monday at 4 o'clock. Have a great weekend.